When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Wrapping up the day's sporting issues deep into the night, this is Extra Time on SENZ. I'm gonna call it now. Good evening, New Zealand. Welcome into Extra Time. Dean Butler here with you tonight for in for Ricardo Ball. Ricky, yes, still sicky Ricky. I'm sure he'll be back soon. All the best to you, uh, my old mate. And on the buttons tonight, it is uh, Big Ben Francis again. 0800 150 811 is the number to call. You can text double eight double three. A little bit of a Saturday night fever to kick us off there. Uh, Big Ben, you like your, you like your BGs? I like the song. I don't know too many other songs by them, to be honest, but uh, it, really? comes, co- it comes back to a thing we were talking about yesterday in terms of dart walkout songs. Yes. Uh, there's one guy that walks out to that song. Uh, his nickname is the Bronze Adonis. I love it. Uh, his name's Steve Beaton. And if, if, if you Google him, and mm. I, I think he's in his late 50s, and I think to myself, <laughs> if, I looked, if I looked like that in my late 50s, I'd be pretty happy. Oh, so he's in good shape. He is a bit of a, he's a, bit of a ladies' man, oh, Steve. I, I, I encourage you to Google it right now. Okay, okay. Steve Beaton. Yeah. B-E-A-T-O-N. The Bronzed Adonis. Steve Beaton. Okay, let's have a look. The Bronzed Adonis. Oh, geez. Okay, yeah, he's in. How old is he? He's in his late 50s, I'm pretty sure. Hang on, he's in pretty good shape. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he he could walk out to that with confidence. Yeah. He's actually got the record, I think, for the most consecutive uh, World Darts Championship appearances. I think he, he took it. Was that? Well, might have been last year, thirty-two. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, Steve Beaton. Yeah, that that's good walkout music for him, mate. That BGS. Yeah, that definitely that definitely suits him. But I'm telling you now, Ben. Maybe tonight we play. On one of our breaks, some Bee Gees, because there's heaps of songs. There was a great doco on a few weeks ago about the Bee Gees, and they wrote songs for all sorts of people. They broke up, they got back together, and, you know, initially, and they, the great thing about the Bee Gees was they had all their original songs, you know, I started a joke, and all these ones, and the lights, all those ones. But when they discovered the falsetto for Saturday Night Fever, that's when it just went ballistic. So, yeah, there you go, folks. Another treat for you tonight. We'll have some Bee Gees-infused um, music through the show. Ben, is that what we're saying? That That's kind of what you're good. I can see on your face. I was, I, I was you're gonna, looking forward to that. I can tell. I was going to say, I can uh, tell. Th- thanks, teacher. <laughs> thanks, I, sorry, thanks, sir. You're, well, you're, you're, you're welcome, Francis. Um, on the show tonight, we have got some uh, guests coming up shortly. We're going to be talking with former New Zealand swim coach, uh, Mark Bone about the uh, Commonwealth Games and also about the swim team at the Games because it has been, uh, you know, th- there's been lots of stories of the Games, but boy, the swim team have really gone um, above and beyond. We also want your calls and your thoughts during the show. You might have some questions you want to ask uh, Mark Bone. Please text them in, double eight double three, or you can, of course, text 0800-150-811. And I was thinking about it, Ben, um, we talked about it yesterday, of course, 
Maybe maybe there's more in the Commonwealth Games that were here in New Zealand, like the ones in 74 in Christchurch. Were you, did you go to those games? Did you attend? Did you maybe work at those games? Were you a volunteer? What was it like? Were you, were you at those great moments that we all remember? I saw them on the TV, but I wasn't there. Were you there? Were you there in the audience when Graham May with his big, massive weight on his shoulders dropped the, the weights on the floor and they almost rolled it, you know, they rolled <laughs> off the stage? Were you there uh, when Dick Taylor won the 10,000 10, metres? Were you there when Philbert Bay and John Walker had a race for the ages? I'd love to hear from you tonight, 0800 150 or you can, of course, text double eight double three. But as I say, we will be talking uh, with Mark Bone, former NZ swim coach. Uh, shortly as well. Uh, then between eight and nine, Ben, we're going to get into the uh, All Blacks. Uh, Campbell Burns, we'll be talking with him, the All Blacks versus the Box. The preview, I heard uh, um, Kirsty and Beeve having a, a chat about that as well. And let me, um, I've I got to ask you here, uh, Big Ben, I mean, the All Blacks are coming off one of their worst ever series results. At, well, in fact, I would say it is their worst ever series results at home. Um, and the Maori All Blacks were also beaten by Ireland as well. Plus, of course, the Sevens have now just got bronze. Have I got to ask? Did you think? Do you think Silver have Silver Lake been sold to Turkey? You know, they've they've thrown out two hundred million bucks. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Is Mark is Mark Robinson the CEO? Has he run some kind of Ponzi scheme and managed to sell it to Silver Lake at a high at the right time? His time is perfect because the form is not matching the value at the moment. And Big Ben, I ask you, have you? ever been in a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme? I don't think so, but okay. how I look at it is that mm. uh, Silver Lake thought they were buying a turkey and they ended up getting a quail. Oh, boom. Just like that. I like it. Well, yeah, that's right. At the moment, it certainly is a quail, isn't it? It really is. And this game on the weekend, uh, it is, yeah, without doubt, the, one of the most important games in the All Blacks tenure. The saving grace, I suppose, for the All Blacks is that it is, is up against our arch rivals, you know, we all know that when it comes to rugby, the team we most want to beat in the world is South Africa. And it's the same with them. It's a, a rivalry. It's a respect. But it's also, yeah, we want to win. And so do they. We will be taking calls about that too. Um, if you want to, probably not this hour. Well, maybe later after the Mark Bone. Who knows, Ben? Let's see where it, let's see where it takes us. Okay, we don't know. But I'm telling you, Ben, I, back in the day, I was involved. Not, you know, I, I partook in one of those pyramids. You know, you get an envelope and you've got a list of names and you put 20 bucks in and you've got to post it to the next person and hopefully they, you know, you, and eventually you get to the top of the list and you get 200 bucks or something. Never happened. Always dipped out. Yeah. You ever partook in any of those, Ben? No. Sound pretty gullible, to be honest. Yeah, it was. That. Well, at the time, you just go, oh, this sounds good. And you go, nah. Have you, well, let me know, folks. Have you ever been in one of those? Double eight, double three. Or maybe you've got a good one going that you could let old Dino know about. Double eight, double three. Uh, after that as well, between nine and ten, well, we've got to talk the Warriors again. Once again, uh, Ben, the, the, they keep making the news. It never stops. It never ceases. Um, and now Andrew McFadden's been brought back into the fold. Yeah, Cappy's coming back. It's a bit of an interesting appointment. And uh, even though he did well, I thought, when he was there, considering everything that kind of was going on, but uh, people are a bit divided on it. Mm. Uh, so it'll be quite interesting to get the take of our, our guest who is in and amongst the Warriors. And I actually, I'm actually, oh. I'm going to do a bit of a plug here. I'm actually on this guy's podcast this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you like the special guest? Yeah. Oh, nice. That's well, because you're a Warriors aficionado. You're, you're an Uber fan. So why not? Have you on? Is your sister on and, and your mum and all nah, the ju- ju- Just you? Just me and just my, you. and uh, as it was discussed, my eyes as well. Oh, 
Okie dokie. There's, so, there, there's a bit of there's a bit of uh, romantic eye chat going on, which is a bit weird. I don't know if that's made the cut though. I'm, I will admit. Well, we'll um, I, I I guess we'll find out. I guess <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Uh, so yes, we're going to be doing uh, talking all things um, Warriors after nine. That's with Jared Cronin from the Warriors Anonymous podcast, which of course, uh, young Ben will be on. Is it going to be later this week, Ben, do we know? or I don't know. Don't it, know. Was, it was recorded on the weekend, okay. and uh, yeah. so I don't know how long. He's probably chipping away at it right now. He's probably <laughs> taking out all the, the R's. And uh, I was actually the – one, the one highlight of it, though, was that I was mentioned in the same sentence as Mike Hosking. I don't know if that was a good or a bad thing, oh. but considering my then all my knowledge came to fruition, Mm-mm. I'm assuming it was a good thing. No, it's a good thing. If you're in the sentence of someone who's way more you know, well-known, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of you know, regardless of how that name or that much bigger person is said, you're still in the same sentence. Which comedian have you been compared to? Ooh, I, that's a great question. I I can't think of one. I don't think I can't remember a quote. Or, I don't I don't think I ever have been. There you go, Ben. Well, that's a bit. Uh, yeah, I know. Disappointing. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're unique and individual as I am, maybe there's no well, one else out there. Are there, any, are there any young budding comedians out there saying I want to be like Dean Butler? Oh, no, I don't. Well, maybe no, I would say not. No, <laughs> not, not, not the current crop. Maybe the, the crop just below me, but no, not this, not this current crop. There too, no. So, got... so the, the, the next crop that comes through after this, because yeah. if you know things like fashion and different trends, they, it kind of goes backwards. Everything goes through phases. Yes, indeed. So I, I'm thinking this is going to be like the tearaway pants era. Yes. Where, where you just throw the bit of cardboard down and just start breaking it out in, oh, in the middle of the street. Now you're talking. Now you're talking my language, Big Ben. Now you're talking my language. But we better take a break because I believe we're going to be talking – to uh, Mark Bone after this about the Commonwealth Games and the swim team. 7.14 here on SENZ Extra Time. Dean Butler with you here tonight for Lennon for Ricardo. Ball producer Big Ben Francis is on the buttons very shortly. We're going to be talking to former New Zealand swim coach Mark Bone. If you've got any questions you want to ask Mark uh, about the Commonwealth Games, the swim team, please, now's your time to text them in double eight double three double eight double three, or you can, of course, call 0800 Well, it has been an electric start to these Commonwealth Games. It's just been totally unbelievable in terms of medals, in terms of performance. And leading the way have been our cycling team and, of course, our swimming team. And on the phone now is a former New Zealand swim coach, Mark Bone. Mark, good evening to you, mate. Yeah, fantastic to be here with you. Oh, look, Mark, can I ask you, as someone who's been deeply involved with New Zealand swimming for a long time, how proud are you of this current crop of, of the team that are there? I oh, look immensely proud, to be quite honest. It's uh, it's great to be talking in such a positive frame from all of the teams that have done so well, whether they've medalled or not. And there's, gosh, there's uh, eight medals, not quite as good as the people on the velodrome. But, uh, boy, we're really happy with eight medals and five of those are gold. So the others that actually haven't medaled have also done personal best times, and that's really, really important. Yeah, see, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, we, you know, in New Zealand, we kind of, with cycling, we kind of expect it. But with sports like swimming, we, you know, we, I'd normally be happy with, you know, one medal, and that might be a bronze or a silver. But this time, the, the blocks have been thrown away, five golds, as you say, uh, and people swimming personal bests at these type of events, which we want to see, and we haven't seen it before. Mark, do you have any reason why? Well, I think one of the reasons is that they had the World Championships in Budapest only a month earlier, mm. and the New Zealand team attended that. And I think that, you know, once again, it replicates a, a situation where our team need more racing. And they got a chance to go over there. Uh, they raced pretty well at Budapest, 
Uh, but at the same time, they had a fantastic uh, process after that where they were training um, um, over in Spain and they had a wonderful camp straight after the World Championships and then straight into the competition at the Commonwealth Games. And I think also we're, we're rubbing shoulders with our old uh, foe with, with Australia. Yes. We're familiar with them, familiar with them as athletes and, and how they race. And I think that, you know, once again, we need to probably make sure that we're racing more regularly with the Australians. And I think that you'll see the benefits of that, particularly from people like Lewis Clearbird. Yeah, it's funny, eh? because you know, often we've had a, heard a bit of talk about you know, how these games, yeah, they're, they're good, but they're not the be-all and end-all because not everyone's there. But in saying that, for me, with swimming, Australia are like one of the preeminent forces in world swimming, and we're swimming against them, and we're getting results. So surely that plays a big part in it. Yeah, massive. And you only have to look at the results at the Olympics from, from the, the Great Britain team, which is obviously the combination of England, Scotland and Wales combined mm. and Ireland. Um, and, and obviously at the Commonwealth Games, they're separated. But if you combine those that group as well, I mean, they're a force with the likes of Adam Peaty there. I know he hasn't had a great uh, Commonwealth Games because he had a broken leg, but you know he's a massive threat in that breaststroke and has totally dominated it uh, right throughout the world for, gosh, so long now and mm. rewritten the, the world record books completely. The, the Commonwealth is very, very strong in swimming. And I think you've got to remember that swimming is actually a global sport. And I, that doesn't mean that we want to demean any other sport that's at the Commonwealth Games. Mm. But it truly is a global sport. Uh, and, and, and I think that, you know, the Commonwealth is very strong in it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I totally agree. You know, the Commonwealth teams are great, Britain, as you say, Australia. And let's, look, let's get to the man of the moment in this thing, Mark. And I want to know your relationship, what you know. Lewis Clearbert has come into these games, you know, as a respected swimmer, but he has elevated himself now to another level. Did you, did you see this coming? Have you, have you met him? What, what are your thoughts? Look, I, I think he's a tremendous talent. Uh, yes, definitely met him, definitely know him extremely well. Mm. Kept in really good contact with him over the last few years as he's come through. I went, uh, I had the privilege of um, emceeing New Zealand Swim Coaches and Teachers Awards a few years ago after the World Championships where he finished with a bronze medal. Mm. And we brought Lewis in and uh, did a one-on-one -on -one interview in front of the whole crowd. And, and look, he was really incredibly impressive. I didn't have to do anything to bring bring it out in him. He was just that impressive. And I, I think that what you've seen now is a, a young man that's turned into a real man. Mm. And uh, he's got so much potential ahead of him. Look, he, you know, we've got to also recognise that he doesn't have the best training conditions down in Wellington, doesn't have a 50-metre pool all the time down there, mm. but he's got a big heart and he's got a great coach that's doing a really good job with him. Yeah, it's interesting because I read that too. Gary Hollywood said, um, you know, conditions that they have have been really, really tough. And he said also, and you get this with all sports, I suppose, it comes down to funding in the end. Do you think these performances will add to more? Well, they surely they must add to more funding for the swim program. Yeah, look, I think that's, that goes without saying. Unfortunately, what happens with funding, and, and it's a difficult one, it's the horse before the cart or the cart before the horse. 
unfortunately you have to get results before you get funding and often oh, it shouldn't right. be that way mm. you know so you get it too late and you know if he doesn't get funding right now um going forward then you've got to look at the next olympic games which is obviously where we want to see the true results because everybody remembers who gets medals at the olympic games mm. you know without a doubt yeah. world championships come and go commonwealth games come and go and i don't want to demean them at all but the the olympic games is the be all end all yeah you're 100% right um, um, what you said about Lewis Clare but I've noticed that too he's his confidence levels are a lot higher now it's almost like he within himself is going I do belong here and you know what I'm looking at you but you really have to look at me and we heard Gary Hollywood even say I think it was yesterday might have been with Kirsten Beebe actually saying Lewis has the ability to win Olympic gold but also break and set new world records do you see that as well? Look, I'd love to be able to say I see that. Mm. Possibly don't see it right now because you've got to look at the world record as a 404. Mm. He's gone a 408, which is significant, but it's only one second improvement on his time that he set at the Olympic Games and, and to be fair, in the heat where he was, he had a, such a tremendous heat swim. So he's only beaten that by one second. But then again, he wasn't threatened in that final of the 400 IM. Mm. He dominated it from start to finish. Can he take off another four seconds? That's a massive ask. He's got two years to do it. Is it, is it a possibility? Yeah, look, I, I think that he will continue to grow. You've seen him develop not only in his own personality, persona, but his actual physique as well, which has changed significantly. Yeah, well, that's... That's what I think that's what Gary Holly was leading to as well. You know, they've got two years to build to get the space. And did you see, I mean, did you think he would also win the 200 uh, butterfly as well? Or was that something he might meddle in? Or what were you thinking? I was confident in that. Look, it's it's still, you know, it's not a phenomenally fast time. That 155.60 is what he swam in the 200 butterfly. Mm. But you you don't have to swim fast times. You've got to race the race, and he, he raced the race. My goodness, you know, he was third with the 50 <laughs> metres still to go. Yes. He was probably still in third with about 15 metres to go, and he just surged and had a fantastic finish. But... You know, he's still a second away from Moss Bermister's New Zealand record, albeit that Moss had done that using the old um, full body suit. All but right. It, in, you know, you've got to look at it like that. It's still, you know, 155.6 is a big improvement and was great PB for him. And, and that's the big thing. He's, he's showing progress and he's showing improvement. And to back it up after the 400 IM is not easy because I would argue that 400 IM is probably the most taxing of all of the events, even more so than the 1500 free. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit like the old, you know, the a decathlon almost, isn't it? But in the water. Oh, 100%. Because you're using, you know, different muscles in every one of the strokes that you swim and you've got to perfect over the four different disciplines. And, you know, Lewis has worked very, very hard in his breaststroke leg, which is what was always holding him back. He went to 111 for the 100 breaststroke in the 400 medley. If he can get that down to a 110, mm. then I think that we can start really talking. Wow, man, it's so good. Of course, let's be fair, Lewis Klebert is not the only other uh, star who's performed so well in th this team for the swimmers. It's been absolutely incredible. Josh Wilmer uh, has done incredibly well. Jesse Reynolds has done incredibly well. Cameron Gray, uh, Andrew Jeffcoat. What are your thoughts on those guys and how they've done at this Games? Look, I really like the fact that the para team is part of and, and been integrated as yes. part of the Commonwealth Games Same. team. 
you, you know, if you look at the Olympic Games, you you have the able bodies, and then you have the para team after that. Um, Unfortunately, because it's integrated, you don't have every power event that there is. But boy, I think that they add a real flavour. And you know, I have a, a long association with uh, Sophie Pascoe, yes, Tupinuafi. I know very well. You know, both of those two will add a huge amount of experience mm. for the other swimmers, whether they are able-bodied or not. But their personality, and you only have to watch whenever the camera flicks to the New Zealand team and you see Sophie Pascoe up there jumping around uh, and enjoying herself. And I'm really stoked for Sophie because that was a great gold. It wasn't a fantastic time, but there was a huge amount of pressure on her. And she's had a big, big change in the last year. And yeah. I think, you know, for, for a long time, she hasn't enjoyed her swimming. And I can tell you emphatically, um, and, and knowing Brett Naylor as well as I know him, who's took her on for the last year, mm. she's had a really, really good time. Oh. And a wonderful time, and it's reinvigorated her with her swimming. Albeit that you know she had uh, COVID right before the Commonwealth Games, and of course that you know really sad passing of the grandmother. Yes, but I, you know going back to it, I think that the para team have added flavour to the able body team, and I know that there's a close association with them because if you have a look at the New Zealand nationals every mm. year, the para team compete with the able-bodied team and, and they're integrated. But, you know, I was I was stoked with Andrew Jeffcoat's 50 backstroke this yes. morning. Uh, it was just fantastic, that uh, swim. And I just thought he was going to glide into that wall and actually lose that 50 backstroke. <laughs> but he got it, you know. And, and then there was a young 18-year-old in Cameron Gray, mm. you know, that was third in that 50 metres butterfly. Boy, you just didn't expect that no. because... You have to be a big, strong animal to swim a 50 butterfly. And they're all normally 27, 28 years of age. I mean, he's only 18, and it's first first international event. Yeah, it's so it's so good to see it. And I love what you say about Sophie Pascoe as well, because she's one of New Zealand's treasured uh, athletes. You know, for swimming, she's amazing. And you, I, I love her emotion. I love how she carries herself. And you could see, and even when Gary Hollywood was talking yesterday, he said she's like the camp mother to all the swim team there. And it's like, that's so cool to hear. Oh, look, she's been around for so damn long, she should be the camp mother too. But, you know, honestly, there's, you know, you really seriously don't have an extremely, uh, you know, big age group of, of athletes. So they're pretty young, this New Zealand team. Mm. And uh, Sophie aside, who's so much older than the others, um, obviously is going to be Camp Mother in there. And, and of course, you've, you've got Lewis there leading from the front, and he's just got all the experience now. And what I really like about Lewis, and uh, almost every single international competition, mm. bar the final of the Olympics and the 400 medley, he has stepped up at every single international event that he's gone to. And that one final at the Olympics was one blip on the radar, sadly, because I think that... You know, he really had the potential to get a medal at those Olympics. But he has really been able to rise on the important big events. Yeah, it's been it's been so good. And you, you know this, Mark, from, from a swimmer's perspective, how hard it is, how long it is between, you know, games for, I mean, Olympic games for medals and people on the stand. And this this bunch here, I think, gives us real hope. I mean, we don't want to say, you know, you have to succeed at the next Olympics. But, boy, they're going in with a lot of confidence. Yeah, it'll give them a lot of confidence and hopefully it'll give them some funding as well. 
And, you know, what they need to do is make sure that this team comes home and, and actually rub shoulders with other swimmers around the country as well. You know, I had um, I had a, a text from Andrew Jeffcoat's uh, coach today mm. and after I'd sent a congratulations and he was offering Andrew to come in and, and our swim school to see all of our aspiring kids that we've got. Because, you know, and I'm going, like, this is really exciting, you know, to be able to get that. And the funny thing is we had uh, we had Lewis all lined up mm. last year to come up to Auckland and, and again and be involved in our adult program to do a, what we call a skins meet and a few relays and things. Unfortunately, we went into lockdown in Auckland, oh, so it yeah. just didn't happen. But, oh. you know, we'd organised a lot of things like that. But that's the sort of scenario that has to happen now yes. when these swimmers come back because they're going to be household names. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And, and you heard it yourself, even um, Lewis said it himself, when he was growing up, Moss Burmester, that was his idol. You know, he, he, he loved him, and that's why he got into the sport. And now, like you say, if you can get Lewis Klebert along to one of your sessions, the kids there will look at him and go, oh, wow, I want to be like that guy. Oh, absolutely. Look, it's so important. You know, I remember after, gosh, it, it seems a long time ago, the, the 2004 Olympics, I had the privilege of being involved with Hamish Carter and Bevan Doherty. And mm. when they returned from those Olympics after their gold and silver, yes. they we brought them into our swim school. And we gridlocked the whole of our community around the St. John's area because there were so many people wanting to get a taste of Hamish and 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 Bevan, you know, but those are the sort of things that we we got to go outside the square a little bit and realise we're only a small country and we've got to make sure that we do that. Dunedin did that, and, and again, I yes. go back to Daniel Loder, mm. you know, and, and, and that fantastic event in 1996. Amazing. Gosh, it's going back. But they did that, and, you know, we wanted to take him around the country after those Olympics because it was a really stimulating Olympics from that young man then. And, you know, it becomes a household name, and so he should. Two Olympic golds, you, you've got to be putting yourself there forever. Oh, look, I think I think only the passage of time has made us all realise just how incredible it was to win for a New Zealander to win two Olympic gold medals. It hasn't been done since, and that's 26 years ago. Absolutely. And, you know, I spoke earlier about the, the, the times don't always have to be that fast. Mm. And, and I want to just say this. Daniel's times at the time mm. weren't that fast really? internationally. Wow. They weren't that fast. You know, in fact, if, if you take four years earlier to the Olympics before Daniel won his two golds, he wouldn't have actually got the gold medal with the times four years later. Is that um, right? But, wow. but it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, you, you race the race. And then again, I would say that in that uh, Olympics and, and being there right on pool deck at the time, mm. I can recall it, he was not challenged. And so could he have gone faster? I truly believe he could have if he'd been challenged. Could Lewis have gone faster? I possibly could have because he wasn't challenged uh, the other day. That is so interesting, Mark, because I obviously thought, oh, those must be the best times he's ever put and that must be the fastest race of the year to get there. But that is not the case at all. Oh, look, there were the best times that that Daniel had ever done, mm. you know, they were New Zealand records, but internationally, you know, if you look at the flavour of international swimming, it wasn't always the fastest times, but, you know, again, you, you know, that's the old adage, you can, you do all the hard work in your heats and your semi-finals and break your world records there, but you race the final, because nobody cares if you broke the world record in the heats, you've got to win the final. Absolutely. And look, also, uh, before I let you go, uh, Mark, two things. Firstly, what is it with the Aussie swim team, even with some kind of crazy messed up love triangle, they're still getting all these medals. What is going on? Look, they're a world-class outfit. They have they 
absolutely idolise all of their swimmers, mm. and they have been so good for I don't know how many you know, hundred years or so. Yeah. They've always had world record holders. Mm. They've always had uh, Olympic champions. They have got so many fifty meter pools on the Gold Coast, more than you know, probably ten times more than we've got in the whole of New Zealand, just all on the Gold Coast. Wow. And and I think that you've got to recognise the weather in Australia. But you know, True. they really make a massive, massive deal about their swimmers. And there's a lot of funding, $33 million or so uh, dollars into wow. Australian swimming. Wow. Um, and, and I go back, you know, uh, earlier times. I mean, they've had some disappointing Olympics, mm. but they have risen again because it's a cult following and everybody in Australia must learn to swim and then they follow it through. Yeah, I, I agree. I, they've they've always been good from ever whenever I can remember. There's always been a, a great Aussie swimmer or two. And before um, I let you go, Mark, obviously this Commonwealth Games is there's. I guarantee it. You're probably feeling it, seeing it now. There's going to be a spike in young Kiwis who want to be swimmers. How can they get in touch with you if if they want to progress? What can they do? Look, I think first and foremost, the, 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 you've got to come straight out of the swim schools. And the swim schools all around New Zealand, they do an incredibly good job. Mm. And then you've got to go into a club program after that. I mean, I'm not involved in competitive swimming anymore. Mm. We've just got a big learn to swim program, but we feed into the competitive clubs. Gotcha. And that's where, you know, the likes of the Andrew Jeffcoats, the, the Lewis Clearbridge, the Cameron Grays, they all come out of those programs. Mm. And we've just got to make sure that we continue that progress. And whether they go into competitive swimming or triathlon so that the Hayden Wilds of this world, you know, continue as well, or into in, into anything else associated with aquatics or sport. Mm. That's the imperative thing. Get them into sport, you know, because an active kid is a good kid. Yeah. Mark, brilliant words to finish on. Hey, mate, thank you so much for your time tonight and enjoy the rest of the Commonwealth Games. Looking forward to it. Thanks very much. Cheers. There you go. Mark Bone talking all things swimming with us at the Commonwealth Games. Well, it's great to hear from someone who's got such knowledge uh, and expertise in that field. And, yeah, some of the things that Mark said were absolutely 100% spot on. Ben, are you a bit of a, a fish in the old swimming pool? Or what? Are you, you're, are you a bit like me? You swim like a fridge? Talk to me. I don't actually go swimming that much, to be mm, honest. No. Okay. I, I, I probably should make more of an effort. Yes. But uh, it's uh, no, not for me. Scared of the sharks, yep. scared of the crocodile, scared of the Loch Ness Monster, scared of the whole lot. <laughs> well, you're you're probably too young. You weren't brought up on, you didn't see Jaws, did you, when you were a kid? I, well, I've seen it, Yeah, but and I know about it. And I also, going back to our a theme for the last couple of nights, yes. former darts player Colin Jaws Lloyd walked out to the Jaws theme song. Of course he did. And what a, if your nickname's Jaws, then you've got to go out to Jaws, don't you? Yeah, and, and the thing is his nickname suited his... His, his look as well, so that was perfect. Back back to the topic. No, I I, I wasn't around in that era, mm. uh, but I still don't want to get eaten by a shark. No, even no though one does. No even one though does. when mm. I was younger, I did used to surf. You were a surfer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that didn't last long though. I broke oh. my board and I never got back into it. Although, how, did you, how did you break your board? Uh, I don't I don't remember where it was. I was either in. I was either in Tauranga Bay surfing, okay, and I was staying in Topol Bay, yeah. or vice versa. One of north. those, one of those. I was one of them. I can't remember which, what, which, which is which. You hit a rock or something? Or? Yeah, pretty much. So my board cracked, got a crack on the side, and then it eventually just gave way. You didn't gaffer tape it up or something? Nah, nah. Okay. And then that was as far that, as my surfing that, career. That went. was the end of it. Yeah. Oh, my partner surfs though. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you can surf. 
Uh, I have tried again, and I just um, my coordination's not not too good as I've gotten older. I, I'm a, I'm a bit of a I'm I'm quite clumsy. My uh, basketball coach when I was at school said uh, I've never seen one player spend so much time on the ground as you. And I don't know if that was a compliment or a, a way of digging out my playing style. Well, hey, you know you're number one on the ground. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you, you know, you're getting down and dirty. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Po- hey, I don't know. Who knows? Um, anyway, we better take a break, Big Ben, and we'll be back after that. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Stacey Flula is a champion on and off the field. 22-8 here on Extra Time. Team Butler filling in for Ricardo Ball. Ricky, still a sicky Ricky at the moment. Big Ben Francis on the buttons. Uh, ben, I know that song. Who is that? I know that. I've heard that song. Who? I actually don't know who it's by, to be fair. I just know it as the, the we were talking about him before, the, the Colin Lloyd Jaws Yes, thing. the monster. Oh, man, great. If you know who who does that song, let us know in New Zealand, double eight double three on the text. So you can call if you want, 0800 uh, 150811. 0800-150811 is the number to call. Thank you very much to Mark Bone as well. We just had a big, you've just joined us. We had a big chat to former New Zealand swim coach Mark Bone about the New Zealand uh, swimming team at the Commonwealth Games. Absolutely fantastic stuff. After 8 o'clock, we're going to be talking to former um, – no, we're going to talk to Campbell Burns, who's going to preview the All Blacks versus the box game coming up. Oh, Ben, I, I, see, the, I see the signal. What do you – Ben? Do you know, I found this out on Sunday, Campbell Burns used to represent Manu Samoa. Really? Yeah. What position does it say? First five. First five. Okay, we're going to ask him about that. When he comes on. All right. Because he knows his stuff then. Okay, so that's after but but quarter past eight. We're looking for... Quarter past, 20 past. Summer, you know what it's like, folks. It's a, it's a Tuesday night. But let me ask you this, Ben. Of course, the All Blacks do take on South Africa this weekend. It's Sunday morning. Is it uh, three o'clock, five past three, something like that. Let me ask you, New Zealand. Uh, I'm, ben, there's no point asking you because I know you're not going to get up. New Zealand, are you going to get up? Live to watch, Ben. You're not. No. Why are you assuming such horrible things like that? Well, because you, you know. Uh, okay, Ben. Are you going to get up at five past three to watch the All Blacks take on South Africa? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said because I just knew. I, I I just knew. But look, Ben. I'm the same as you, mate. I, I'm at an age now where yeah, when if I was a kid, yeah, I probably would have got up there. But now, uh-uh, I'm going to tape it. I'm going to wake up at eight o'clock, make a cup of tea. Have some toast, put some marmite on, and watch it. And you know, I'm not believe it or not, folks. I won't check my phone. I know, hard to believe. And so there'll be no social. No one's going to tell me anything. I'll watch it as if it's live. Yourself, Ben? Mm? You're doing a lot more than what I'm going to be doing. Really? This oh. is South Africa, Ben. Come on, this one, surely. Should I should I run through a typical Sunday for myself? Okay. Yep. I think we're ready. Yep. All right. So sun- Sunday usually starts waking up to a, uh, having watched the Warriors lose the night before. So quite quite ups- <laughs> quite emotional. Quite 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 emotional morning. Okay. okay. Uh, usually involves a bit of a, a rush in the morning to get up, get in the car, yeah. uh, travel all the way from uh, the beautiful Fongaparoa. Oh, it's beautiful up there. To uh, all the way to Ardmore. Ardmore's lovely. Yeah, but it's a long way. Nice airport. It is. Yes. Mm. Uh, we would actually go right by the airport and uh, we'd do a bit of work. Yeah. Do a bit of work okay. for an hour, a couple of hours. On the Sunday, yeah. On the Sunday. Then uh, we drive from Ardmore to Parnell to SENZ HQ. Which is where we are now. Where, where we are right now. And I work till maybe. Oh, yes, because you do the. About six o'clock, seven o'clock. Wow. And then uh, on the way home and dinner and. Uh, that's That's your Sunday? Pretty much. Okay. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Yeah. But I'm. I will text you the score. Just saying. No, no, you won't. Yeah, I will. Yeah, okay. Well, I tell you what, you can, and you can even call my phone. 
because I won't answer it, okay? It's going to be on silent. I'm not going to look at it. Probably put it on the charger, leave it in the other room. I, I want to like text on you and go like, Dean, Dean, <laughs> guess what, Dean? No, you're Dean, not. Dean, no, Dean. No, I hate that. I, 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 I yeah. Oh, that's the that's the only thing that can ruin it. With the, if you have a media blackout for a game and you find out somehow, oh, that's, I, that's bad. Oh, what I'm going to do? I'll be like, oh, Dean, bad, uh, no. bad, bad, bad news, Dean. Bad news, Dean. What? The all the All Blacks won. Bad news. How's that? Bad. <laughs> God damn you, Ben. God damn. What about you, New Zealand? No, it's not just about me and Ben, all this. What about you, New Zealand? Are you waking up? Are you getting up at five past three to, to watch it live? You're going to get the, wake up the kids, get the kids in there, uh, just like the old days? Or, I mean, this is South Africa. This is, this is the old enemy. The, the, these, are, these are the games we look forward to, the games we cherish, the ones we actually do. Um, really, I'm not, not downplaying the, the island games, but, you know, when we're talking who do we want to beat the most, it is South Africa. So you getting up New Zealand or are you going to tape it like old Dino and they'll wake up about 8 o'clock, get the cup of teeth, bit of, bit of, bit of toast to Marmite. Yeah. Do you like Marmite on your toast, Ben? Hmm? Uh, Marmite? No, I actually don't like any uh, yeast no. spread. I, I prefer I prefer a good old peanut butter. Okay. I, I like a honey. Yeah, I like peanut butter. I also I don't think I've ever gotten up to watch an All Blacks test in the middle of the night. So. Never. Uh, no, not one that springs to mind. Mm, okay, this, this as, as you can tell, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not mm. a I'm not a huge mm. follower. That's fine. of the fifteen man code. No, that's fine. If, if if I am to follow a team and support a team, yes, it is. Uh, I I will support uh, the mighty Scots. Oh, the Scots. The Scots. I thought you were the Irish, like me. No, no, I'm not Irish no. at all. I've got I'm, I'm Scot with a bit of a, with a pinch of Welsh. Okay, so Scottish is the Francis family tree, comes via Glasgow type of thing. Uh, that's yeah. There's a bit of it in there, but it's more from my mum's side. Like my dad's side is the the, the, the pinch of Welsh in there. Okay, so geez, Scotland and Wales. Well, you 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 could have an interesting rugby world cup when it happens next year. Oh, well, Wales are there. Scot- oh, I'm guessing Scotland have qualified, haven't they? Yep. And guess yeah. who they're on the same pool with? I'm not sure. South Africa. Oh boy. And are the Irish? Oh, geez, that's a tough group. Yep, that's a tough one. So, uh, if anyone from uh, from Scotland is listening, mm. uh, can I please uh, make a plea out to you and say, mm. are Scott Robinson's available? <laughs> well, mate, the way he's been talking at the moment, yeah, I, it could well happen. And you know what I like most about that little bit there, Ben, and I'm a bit like you as a New Zealander when we when we say South Africa, we talk, we want to go into that South African accent, don't we? We want to we want to go into you know, South Africa. We do. We just like we like doing. It. Is it wrong? Can you do that anymore? I don't even know. I've actually got a bit of a funny story with a South African accent. So, you, of course, you you will know having got up and watched many yeah. all black South African tests. The the, yes. the the magnificent, the amazing voice of Hugh Bladen. Oh, fantastic! So last year on the Saturday session. Uh, we interviewed him, so Grant Elliott and Daniel McCarty. Oh, Grant Elliott, yes, of course. Uh, and Grant Elliott wasn't aware of this, but he was he was making an impersonation of Hugh while he was on the line, and he didn't realise. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to dare try. I might no, try. I might try no. find it, but it was absolutely hilarious. That's gold. That's absolute gold. Well, there you go. And look, if we've got any South African listeners out there, it's okay for us to do the accent, isn't it? Or Please let let us know. Well, I don't know what we'll be living anymore, but I think it's I think it's okay. But you you inform us, New Zealand. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Ben, we better take another break because we've got one more to go, haven't we? All right, let's take another break and we'll come back up. Freestyler, freestyler. rock the microphone. <laughs> 
I tell you what, Ben, you've uh, really lifted your game in the music stakes tonight. People are commenting. A few texts and saying we're loving the sounds. In fact, someone's texted and saying that song you played before, the, the monster one, it was by a, a band called The Automatic. Apparently a, a Welsh band or a Cardiff band or something. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, there you go. There you go. One of your lot. Yeah. It doesn't compare to freestyler, though. No, it doesn't. Freestyle is something else. That's next level, that's for sure. Um, if you have just joined us, folks, uh, after 8 o'clock, we will be talking with uh, Campbell Burns as we preview the All Blacks versus the Springboks this week. And going to be a very interesting game. A game with so much riding on it, so much pressure. One of the... I mean, yeah, the Irish games were um, under 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 pressure. This one coming up on the weekend is going to be... You, you can make diamonds out of this one. There's going to be that much pressure on it. Ian... Foster, the team, the players, who's he going to pick? What's the squad going to be? That's There's so many questions um, which we have to ask. In fact, if you want to ask Campbell Burns anything as well, please send us a text, double eight, double three, and we can ask uh, Campbell any of those questions too. After nine o'clock, we will be talking with uh, Jared Cronin uh, from Warriors Anonymous uh, podcast, uh, talking everything uh, Warriors, and as per the Warriors have delivered uh, with more news items, much like the NRL. It's a never-ending source do you think news items, Ben? Your thoughts? Well, th- mm. that's true. And since we actually said that at the top of the hour, we can officially what? officially confirm that Tamati Martin has signed on a three-year deal. So the Warriors have officially announced it's happening. That is this. So now that's genuine. He's coming over. Yep. Okay. Go on the website. It's it's out there. It's all over. It's official. There's a photo of him out there on the Warriors jersey. Oh, that's so good. Now you mentioned we spoke about this last night as well. He's. Probably not going to be full whack. It's probably going to move into the halves. Is that the th- thinking? That's what I believe will mm. hap- most likely happen. Yes. Especially with Charles Nicol Klugstad coming back. But I think he could be a man that could fill in the centres. But I think that was part of the reason why he got frustrated at his first stint because when he was getting opportunity, it was, it was on the wing and at centre when he primary fullback was his best position. But, hey, when you have the best player in the NRL at fullback, there's not much you can do what, at the time. Yeah, true. Very, very true. What happened... What happened with the stint at the Broncos? Because he was fullback, and then he got just replaced. Was it a? Full- it was a Smarty Martin. Yeah, he's, I think he's been injured. Uh, injured. Yeah. They get Jesse New. Was it Jesse New or something? For yeah. Them? Yeah, and he's done very well. Yeah, but they got Reese Walsh coming next year. Wow. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's an improvement myself. Uh, anyway, we'll be back after eight. <laughs> 8 o'clock here on SENZ. Dean Butler filling in tonight on Extra Time for Ricardo Ball. Ben Francis is on the buttons. A little bit of Bee Gees uh, to kick us off this hour. Ben, that's what they had. They told you about that falsetto when they went to that falsetto stage of their career for Saturday Night Fever. And that's when it went ballistic. This is one of those songs. You loving it? Oh, I, I mm. feel like that, uh, that Staying Alive is like, if you were to go like a Bee Gees song, I think that, for me, that's the GOAT song. Absolutely. Yeah, well... Mm, they have a lot had a lot of songs. A lot I'd have to look I'd have to look at the discography before I make that call, but certainly it's up there. And those BGs, man, they had the the, the, the tight pants and the, the shirts and, and Barry, the hair, everything was going on. Well the thing is a true fan like myself would know automatically, so Of course. When you <laughs> when you're as deep as you are into the big I I hear you. I hear you, Ben. But Ben, also before um eight o'clock we were talking um about the upcoming uh, New Zealand versus Springboks game South Africa and as we do sometimes as Kiwis we kind of sometimes burst into a, a South African accent and you you kind of went into your one a little bit but then you said you've got a little you've got a little story involving Grant Elliott as well 
Yeah, that's right. So last year, and I believe it was about a week before he had, I think he had a heart attack last year, and it was about a week before the, that happened that they interviewed him. So on the Saturday session, uh, Grant and Daniel spoke to Hugh Bladen. Oh, yes, the South African commentator, yes. Yeah, and of course, Grant Elliott uh, has a South African accent already. He does. But uh, he attempted his Hugh Bladen. And uh, we thought we'd play that for you so you can hear it for yourself. And Hugh's on the phone listening. This is the setup before he goes on, eh? That's correct. I love it. Matt Field makes the ball available. Montgomery. Montgomery, Habana, Habana, Habana for the try. Very good. By the time you finish, the conversion already been taken. <laughs> well, Hugh Nisbo, we, we we had Grant deliver it to Nisbo last week, and, and Nisbo gave him the seal of approval. I think he described it as very good. Although Grant, as you know, is one of the nicest men in the world, so might not have actually meant it. So, Hugh, do you give do you give Grant the seal of approval? On his yeah, I'll give him. The, I'll give him. As I say, I mean, I'm surely I'm not that slow. <laughs> I love it. What a good sport. Hugh Bladen is, though, to, um, to do, because obviously Grant's doing his impression and he's doing it in a quite a slow way. And Hugh's going, am I? Is that how I, is that how I speak? And for Hugh, yeah, it is. Oh, he's one of the uh, most iconic rugby commentators. I think I'd put him in that same elk as like a, a Bill McLaren. Oh, yeah, Bill McLaren was something else. Yeah, man, that's that tone. That richness, just and and expression, the way that they form their sentences, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. So there, I love that one. But that's we asked that as well. If you've got any South African fans out there, any South African listeners, what are you thinking about for this weekend's game? Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Are you confident, or are you hmm, slightly worried? Maybe that the old bounce back effect will happen because we all know the All Blacks when it comes to South Africa. We lift, and we know you guys lift, and uh, yeah, it's going to be one ginormous uh, titanic struggle, that is for sure. If you've got any questions you want to ask um, Cameron as well, please text them in, double eight double three double eight double three, or if you want to give us a call on 0800 We asked a few questions in that first hour as well. Are you going to get up live to watch this game on Sunday at, uh, I think it's five past, is it five past three, Ben, or is it, is it five, it's, no, it is five past three. Yeah. I'll be sleeping, I don't have no clue. Yeah, no, five past three, New Zealand time, New Zealand standard time, as they say, yeah, from Mbombala Stadium in South Africa against the Springboks, and now I'll be taping it, and it's the 2022 uh, Lipo Vitan D Rugby Championship, let's not forget the sponsors, Ben, you've got to get your sponsors in there, so yeah, that's what's coming up. Um, this weekend. So are you going to be getting up to watch that game? We also asked some other questions about the Commonwealth Games. They are in action. It's all go. All systems go. Did you go to the 74 Commonwealth Games? Were you there? Do you have any memories of those you'd love to share with us? Same with the 1991s in Auckland. Were you um, around that? All I remember from that one personally, uh, living in Glen Innes, I know that the uh, area by the uh, Merton Road, by the, by the cricket ground or the football ground there, opposite that where the uni is now they turned it into housing temporary housing for all the athletes so that was pretty cool uh, because you know back in the day Ben track and field was pretty big it was pretty big in New Zealand I remember as a kid going to Mount Smart to watch some of the um, uh, Olympic athletes Hasley Hasley Crawford who was a sprinter um, he came over and he was like the big star and he got, got his autograph we had autograph books back then Ben no selfies yeah autograph books yeah 
I, I, I still mm. get autographs. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. Good on you, mate. Yeah, don't just do the selfie, just the... Well, I have featured in the odd selfie, and unfortunately photos have emerged me online featuring in the odd selfie. Oh, dear. Uh, but I do I do like collecting autographs, especially... Um, I do like getting like memorabilia sort of things. Yes, memorabilia so, is good. So I, I do I do like that. Uh, and speaking of, speaking of the man who we heard him trying to impersonate Hugh, Hugh Bladen, mm. got uh, a nice piece added to my collection recently by Mr. Elliot. What was that? A uh, game-worn top from the 2016 T20 World Cup. Really? Yeah, that was his way of apologising to me, though. Did he do something? Yeah, he cost me $120. Oh, because you bet on them? No, because I bet against them. <laughs> Why did you bet against them? Well, pre-2015 Cricket World Cup in New Zealand and Australia, I put $10 on South Africa to win at $12. Okay. And uh, if Grant Alley didn't hit that six, uh, South Africa would have won the tournament, as we know, because they would have easily beaten Australia. So Grant Alley, therefore, cost me $120. <laughs> did I did I realise back then that uh, seven years in the future I'd, we'd be crossing paths? No, I did not. No, that's true. But it, but it happened. Yeah. And uh, he, he felt terrible. And as Daniel said in that little audio snippet that he's such a kind man, uh, he, he took a year to send up a, a jersey for me. So I, that, that's in the collection. He shouldn't have felt terrible. You, He did not let you down. He did an amazing, it's an iconic moment in New Zealand cricketing folklore, matched, matched only by Smithy's comments, Grant Elliott's Superman, three of the best words, you know, and it was just fant- the moment was perfect. And yet somehow you managed to turn that into a negative for him and he had to fork out 120 bucks to you and give you a shirt. No, he didn't give me $120. Oh, he gave you the shirt. Uh, but it's worth more than $120. Of course it is. I, I, can, I can tell you numerous stories of athletes sitting me down and me making good things into bad. Wow. Let me ask you this about the shirt. Is it framed or just on a coat hanger? What's the story? Uh, it's in a coat hanger presently. Oh, um, no. Well, frames are a bit pricey. Oh, here we go. Hear me out. So, uh, hear me out. So, right, okay. so a few years ago, yeah. uh, we're going back to darts here. So, Phil Taylor was retiring. Yes. And he was auctioning off, like, or not auctioning off, but selling a few limited edition signed shirts. Oh, cool. So, I grabbed one. You got one? I got one. How much? Uh, I don't remember. This was, you got to remember that in uh, 2017 ish, that uh, you could get petrol for under $2 a litre. So yeah. it was pretty cheap times back then. Okay, okay. So it was a good value, 100 bucks or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I got it, and I deliberately went and purchased a frame. Yeah. And I was a bit scared to put it in there, and it took me quite a while mm. to put it in there. Is there not a service that does it for you? I mean, we often see sh- frames and shirts. Yeah, well. How I, they, I, how, who I, does that? I was doing a, I was doing a DIYer. Oh, no. And and another oh, one, an, another shirt I got as well was a, I don't remember. I think it was the 2015, 2016 Bradford City season. Oh, yes, because you're a Bradford fan. Yes. Yeah, I got a fully signed shirt by the team. Cool. And uh, that was intended for a frame, but I liked it so much I didn't want to frame it. So what'd you do? You didn't wear it. No, I, no, 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 no. Like the shirt Grant Halleck sent me, it's a medium. I'm a 2XL, so yeah, it's yeah. not going to fit me. No. I, I look like I'm wearing like a, a, a female crop top. Yeah. If, wouldn't be a good. It'd be like one of the rugby league players, one of their shirts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a sight. Mm. Uh, so I have some on coat hangers, and I have there's some like I've got like hats and things like that, and like a container. 
as well. How did, so how did your DIY framing effort well, finish up? Did that, did you manage to we achieve it? We, we eventually got it done, yeah. It was a bit of a weird process. Like You had to like stick something to the shirt, then stuck to the, the frame. and um, Yeah. I've actually got one more story about trying to get stuff signed. Okay. All right. So, yeah. so okay. as we Do know, that. as we know, uh, Scotland have not played in New Zealand for quite a while. No, they haven't. Uh, they were meant to come here in 2020, but COVID. They were going to play in Dunners, and they hadn't been there since. Well, they were here in the 2011 World Cup, but beside that, they hadn't played here against the All Blacks since 2000. Mm. Uh, the Lions were here in 2017, and Scotland were playing Australia in 2017. Uh, so while the Lions were over here, I managed to get Stuart Hogg, who's the fullback, to sign my jersey. Oh, and wow. I had arranged to go to Australia to go to the game against uh, the Wallabies yes. in uh, Sydney. And with, I'd, arra- I'd arranged with the team so I could get my shirt signed. You arranged with the team how? Like via your contacts, your via, media via, contacts? Via contacts. Yeah, I managed to, you know, we managed okay. to get seats pretty close to where the team was mm. and would organise so I could get Wheeling the shirt signed. Wheeling and Ben Francis. It, I like it, it. It was fantastic. I was so excited. Uh, a matter of hours before I was meant to fly out, I was in a car crash and couldn't fly. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is in, all, this, in New Zealand, you had the car crash? Yeah. Oh, no. So I wasn't allowed to fly. So I had to, uh, a very painful process of cancelling everything. Oh, so what was worse, the car crash or cancelling all the thing? Uh, well, the car was written off. Okay. Uh, but the worst part was the the, the days of absolute uh, concussion pain because oh, no. I had a massive lump. Uh, we're watching the bowls on the tally at the moment, probably the size of one of these these <laughs> balls on my head. Oh God! And I, I remember I remember hitting my head and looking up and seeing it literally develop. Wow! On my head, and then a, a couple of weeks it went down and looked like I'd been uh, punched in the face by. Uh, okay. Uh, let's say a Mike Tyson. Wow. So, but look, the good news is, Ben, you survived the car crash. No one was. No, no everyone I, survived. I, yeah, but I don't have a signed Scotland jersey. Okay. Now, was it was it a one car crash or was it a, another vehicle involved? Uh, it was my vehicle and another vehicle. Okay. Do we ask who was? I mean, no one says it's their fault because you you know you want to get no, your insurance. No, I, I I admitted. Did I, you? I, I took responsibility for what? it. Yes, I took responsibility. You're a good young However, man. there was a complaint to. <laughs> Uh, the council for their uh, non-positioning of yellow lines, and it did get changed. So, oh, good. Okay, so it all ended up well. Everything was fine in the end. Eventually, eventually. Other than my Scotland jersey still sitting there Which with you, just short hops. And now you're signature. waiting in this endless cycle of when are they going to get here? Well, the problem is that it's from the it's a jersey from the 2015 World Cup. So by the time they eventually do come here, lots of the players probably wouldn't have been there. Yeah, you might have to get another shirt. You might have to get a new shirt, and that's going to unfortunately cost you money. Yeah, no. Nah. I know you don't like parting with uh, that. Yeah, have you got a spare couple hundred? Yeah, look. <laughs> but here's Ben. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Let's put it out there for you, Ben, because if anyone out there knows how you get sports shirts memorabilia put into frames, is there a service out there who does that? Let us know. Ben's got. Well, Ben, you got the hand up, Ben. No, sorry, continue. Yeah, oh, just, sorry. I'm signaling. I've got, uh, got some breaking news to come oh, up Oh, good. Okay, this. so, yeah, look, if anyone's got, you know anybody who d- provides this service, who puts shirts, like memorabilia, into frames, because I imagine it can be quite tricky. Ben tried to DIY. You heard, his, you know, what it, like, we can all imagine what that ended like. Otherwise, they end up on coat hangers, in the cupboard, gathering dust, dirt, the, the not seen, the autographs are fading, they're getting worn, the moths. If, you, if anyone out there knows a service, a framing service with the glass that does sports shirts, let us know. 0800 150 811 or 
double through. There you go, Ben. I'm trying to help you. And now you've got some breaking news. Oh, God, it's the breaking news. Big. It must be big. So we can confirm here yes. at uh, SCNZ that yep. uh, New Zealand double Commonwealth Games medalist Anton Cooper has tested positive for the vid Oof. and has had to withdraw from the mountain bike competition. Oh, no. Oh, that's, that sucks. Oh. Ben, that's not dead, nah. One gold 2014, silver 2018. That really sucks. Tested negative when he first arrived and yeah. unfortunately has brought up a positive test and no one else at this stage has got a positive test, but it's just a shame. But it would actually mm. be pretty heartbreaking training for an event, preparing for an event, and then to come down with COVID like a matter of days oh. just before the event. That would be heartbreaking, man. Well, we're sorry to hear that, Anton. Absolutely, mate. That's uh, that, that's not good. But Ben, you know what? I'm I'm sure you can make up with some better breaking news. Maybe maybe we need the breaking news thing to have like an up note at the end or a down note, because that way we know it's either good news or bad news. I like the tension. So oh, you like people going. You know, I, 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 I saw you, I saw you like change your seating position because you were I did. on nerve to was. know what was going, what was going to this happen. This is it. This is, oh, that sucks. Yeah, I, but hey. You're right, bad news leads. We all know that. So, yep, no, good on you, Ben. Anyway, we will take a quick break. After the break, we will be interviewing Campbell Burns as we preview the All Blacks versus the Springboks. 20 past eight here on SENZ Extra Time. Dean Butler with you here tonight for Lennon for Ricardo Ball. Big Ben Francis is on the buttons. 0800-150-811 is the number to call. If you want to uh, give us a text as well, double eight double three. We're talking all things uh, All Blacks and Springboks. We're going to be interviewing uh, Campbell Burns from Rugby News very, very shortly. So, yeah, if you've got a question, please do let us know. Double eight double three on the text. Or if you want to call 800 150 11. So here it is. We build up to it this weekend. Man, this game, this is a game like no other because it's, uh, we love the All Blacks versus the Springboks, but this one has got something extra special about it. And on the line right now, he is from Rugby News. It is Campbell Burns. Campbell, good evening to you, mate. Very good evening to you there, mate. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, look this game on the weekend, uh, South Africa versus New Zealand, has taken on... I don't know, an unprecedented feeling, a weight, you know, the whole, you can sense it in New Zealand. We're not just nervous. We're, we're not, I'm not, not even sure what the word is. What are your, what's your feeling going into this game, Campbell? Which All Blacks is going to turn up? The one that's going to fight back and maybe come up on top or a team that is just going to go, oh man, these guys are just too big. What, what, what's your thoughts about this one? Oh, mate, um, if I had, a, if I had one of those, um, if I had one of those uh, crystal balls, <laughs> uh, would be nice. But um, I can tell you, um, I can tell you that there's pressure on both sides, really, because the Springboks weren't weren't that great in in July against Wales. I mean, they did win the series two one, and so that was better than the All Blacks. But uh, there, there will be some heat on them, um, and they'll be nervous of uh, the expected All Blacks backlash. But uh, I have to say, obviously, more more pressure on the All Blacks, really. Um, you know, they were so bad in that second and and third test against. Uh, in those uh, second and third tests against Ireland, that um, they're going to have to tweak a few things with their personnel and how they play the game to even even be competitive, really. So uh, there's a bit of thinking to be done, and I know Jason Ryan will certainly uh, try and light a fire under those forwards. So 
um, you know, whether whether things pan out um, mm. the way the All Blacks uh, would like, we'll know by about about uh, five a.m. on Sunday morning. <laughs> I think. I think if we can talk good news stories, I'm guessing it's Jason Ryan. We all know uh, what he's done with the Crusaders. And when he came into this All Blacks environment, that press conference he gave first up, Campbell, that was impressive. Oh, it was good, yeah. I mean, it was some some plain talking, uh, which was what was needed, really. Mm. Um, And whether that can translate, can he carry over what he did with the Crusaders into this uh, All Blacks forward pack, which came second quite badly, uh, not just at set piece, but also... uh, you know, in, um, at the collisions and the breakdown. So he's uh, there's a couple of personnel changes in there. I see Fletcher Newell has come in um, into tight head prop because mm. that, that's an area we're a bit thin with uh, Tonga Fasi and Laulala not over there. So, you know, there's a couple of changes there. Um, and Shannon Frizzell has come into the loose forwards. I'd like to see him start at number six and really bring some of that abrasive ball-carrying and ball-winning um, ability that we've been missing in that position. So... Um, certainly, certainly in the forwards, and also Samasoni Taukiaho. I'd like to see him have a start because Cody Taylor has been a bit um, off colour this year. Uh, didn't play well on the third test against Ireland, so there's a chance for a, a dynamic ball-carrying hooker who can also execute it set piece. So um, you know, if there's a few changes there and a change of attitude and mindset, uh, the All Black pack could could well lay a platform here. Do you think they'll be brave enough to do that? I'm going into this game, Campbell, because you are right. We know what South Africa are going to throw at us. And I totally agree with you about Samisoni Takeahu. He has been, he's one of those little fridges on wheels. He just, you know, he's a bit like, he is like a young Dane Coles almost. He is, yep. Uh, look, I mean, if they started him, that wouldn't be as big a call as starting Fletcher Newell. But Fletcher Newell, uh, let's, face it, let's face it, is the best scrummaging tight head there at the moment. Mm. Um, Tyrell Lomax and Ingus Talvawa good players around the track. They're pretty seasoned customers, but I don't think they're international scrummaging class. So, you know, is he going to say, we'll chuck a 22-year-old in up against Trevor um, Inyukane uh, or Stephen Kitsoff? It's a massive call, but um, I know that Ryan backs his men at the Crusaders, so that wouldn't surprise me. I think (laughs) Brazil coming in uh, would probably not be a surprise move. Uh, They've got to have someone in there as a sort of a, um, to to balance out what they've got with Artie Savier at eight and, Sam Kane as captain will certainly start. So if they bring Frizzell in, uh, that'll bring some really muscular um, muscular play to that number six position, sort of in similar mould to what we used to see with uh, Jerome Kano. What do you think, Campbell, like we saw the Irish games, what do you think was, I've heard a lot of experts say, oh, we're just stuck with the old systems and we haven't changed. Was it as simple as that or was there something more to it as to why we were pretty comprehensively outplayed? Well, the first thing is that we just um, our, our skill execution under pressure was poor. We just dropped too much ball. Um, we came second in the in the physical exchanges, um, and it was really strange to see because normally all back sides uh, actually warm into their task and get better throughout the series. The mm. All Blacks in July got progressively worse, which was quite unusual. Um, and I think it wasn't. Um, I mean, they didn't have to do anything special. Ireland didn't do anything special. They just didn't drop the ball. They were accurate. They were clinical, um, and they executed. Uh, they created space in the back line, which the All Blacks didn't do. They didn't seem to have any strike moves, and maybe this will help having Ian Foster with a more hands-on role with the backs attack because, um, really, they've got to sort out um, how they get the ball to the wings. Um, I think they have to be a bit square on to the defence, pass better, not, not behind the man, not on the shoulder. Um, and, and we saw that with Ireland, who just created four tries nicely, whereas... L3 and Wellington uh, were all from um, individual brilliance. Mm. So 
does there have to be a rethink in the personnel, what they're doing in midfield, maybe a tweak in the back three? Um, you know, that's, that'll be interesting to see where what they come up with for the Thursday selection. Well, that's what, I mean, that's one of the conundrums, isn't it? You know, we still don't know what our best centre pairing is. We're not sure who should our fullback be, you know, there's, and who should play first five. Where do you think, are they going to, are they going to set players for this one, which you think they'll lock for both games? Or do you think they may try something this game and, and, and keep tinkering? What's, what's your feeling? Yeah, look, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see, um, Richie Mawonga in there. Um, I think he passes better than Bowden Barrett. He kicks tactically better than Bowden Barrett mm. um, and for goal as well. I think he, uh, he played superbly in the Super Rugby final and then he's had three games off the bench where he hasn't been able to, uh, to, to impose himself on the game because the forwards are getting smashed. So I'd like to see him at 10. Now 12 is going to be the interesting thing. Mm. I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Geordie Barrett in there, but it depends how they want to want to play that. If they want to they want to move it wide with a good uh, dis- distribution game, then David Harvey's your man. Mm. Um, Quintu Pyre, if you want to go direct, is the, is the man as he did so well on the first test. So it's, it's just how they want to play that. See, back in the Manonu days, you could build a whole game plan around him at 12. Mm. The All Blacks haven't worked out what, what they want to build their game plan around in midfield yet. So um, Harvey is, is a good footballer, but it's, where, it's how they want to how they want to sort of, um, you know, unleash the outside and create space. Because Rico Iwani is not yet a, a great distributor. He's, he's making progress as an international centre. Mm. You know, he can break on the outside. He tackles well, but he's not uh, he's not yet the finished product. He's no Bruce Robertson or, or Joe Stanley. Yeah, it's interesting watching it now because we're all going, we're all we're all becoming, yeah, who should play here and who, who should play where. And I tell you what I found interesting, just what you said there about um, Ian Foster when he said, you know, I want to be, more hands-on to me that struck a chord it's like well you are the head coach surely you want to be hands-on from the get-go you know isn't that why you want the role what did you make of it when he said that well just I mean this is what happens when you've got sort of five guys on your coaching staff you (laughs) you know you delegate all the roles and then and then you'll have to oversee it all so um, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing him stepping in because obviously it wasn't working with Brad Moore no. um, with, with the attack there. So they have to do something there, and I think they've they've got the players uh, for the most part um, in this in this backline. They've just got to get them in the right positions, get them passing properly, um, creating space, and just playing with a bit more confidence. And that's been quite hard to do in four of the last five tests because Fords have been smashed. So you know you can't expect Bowden to necessarily take over a game but also I think one of the things too is that, that the tactical kicking uh, hasn't been great and that's never been a forte of, of Barrett anyway um, so I think they've got to address that um, and of course one thing too uh, defensively they're going to ex- we know what to expect with South Africa they'll be raining yep. raining high balls down on them so whether that means say Will Jordan to full back Geordie Barrett to one wing maybe a Caleb Clark onto the other um, just to sort of counter that to a certain extent, I mean, I'd like to. If Caleb Clark's fit, I, he should be, he should be playing. You know, we need we need we need a strike weapon out wide. So, mm. you know, th- 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 these are all things to, to think about. But we do know that the the spring box will come hard with the box kicking. Uh, they'll kick long, and you know they'll they'll be expected to take a few high balls. So I'm sure the the tackles and hit shields will have uh, been in, in constant use this week of training. <laughs> and you you know you're so right about this. We know exactly what the South Africans are going to do. And yes, when we kick the ball, we always you know, as New Zealand fans we go, oh why are we kicking it? And sometimes the kicks aren't good enough. And that's part of the reason why, if we're going to do tactical kicking, 
and you're going to get more distance over there. We know that it has to be have a high level of accuracy, and you and your thinking is that Richie Moanga gives you that better level of accuracy. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I mean, we, we saw that with Ireland. I mean, they didn't, uh, as I said, that they didn't do anything flash, but they were quite accurate. And what they did, um, you know, if, if they were doing a box kick, it would arrive at the same time as the um, as, as the chaser. Um, for, for a lot of our kicks, they're just going too far and it's too easy to to return, um, and that's, that's just giving the ball away. And we saw that a lot in that um, in that first half in Wellington. Um, so, so they have to be smarter in how they kick. But again, that only comes from a platform. Uh, from the forward, so um, you know it's uh, you can't have one without the other. Let me ask you a question too, uh, Campbell, about the folks we're talking here to uh, Campbell Burns from the uh, Rugby News. When it comes to the halfbacks, I'm a, I'm a big I'm old school. I mean, I, I think Aaron Smith is still our number one. I I still don't like it when the halfback gets substituted around the 60 minute mark. For me. I think that the halfback should only be substituted if they're injured. What do you make of it when we bring on uh, other halfbacks? Are you in favour of that? Do you think it's needed, or is it just a um, in the moment type of decision? Yeah, look, I'm uh, yeah, look, I'm certainly um, old school myself, and I'd like to see these players go all the way through. But mm. I think if someone can come on who can really um, um, can exploit a tiring defence, um, it can be useful. So someone like Folau Fakatava. Coming on at 65 minutes, uh, sniping around the run, uh, the edges of the ruck, can be very useful. And mm. I don't think Aaron Smith's going to make the uh, World Cup if he has to play um, 80 minutes, for, you know, for every game until mm. until then. So I think we have to bear that in mind too. Um, great player that he is, but yeah, I mean, like I, as I say, I mean, I, I always wonder why they take props off at the 45 minute mark. You know, yeah. why don't they just bring them on at half time? Um, it's always um, it's always mystified. I mean, do they have to take another five minutes to get warmed up? But it's. Um, I, I, I do think there is an element of premeditation in some of these mm. substitutions, but it's not. I mean, it's not really a great look, and I don't think it's necessary. But there are certain positions and halfbacks one where it's such a, um, you know, a, a very much an aerobic um, position where you're just running to to rucks and you know to, to ask a player to always play 80 now with the speed of the game they're trying to play is um, you know. It's probably a bit much. It is. I know what you're saying. But the thing with Aaron Smith, as you know, he's such a leader as well. You know, he is a barker. He is a talker. He is a director. Um, I'm not saying that Falau isn't, but I don't think he's at the same level that Aaron Smith is, not yet in his career anyway. No, that's right. That's true. But there's also, I mean, the third halfback, um, Finlay Christie. Oh, yes, um, of course. Played very well for uh, for the Blues this year. Probably the best halfback in Super, Super Rugby. Did pretty well in the uh, first test, I think, when he came on um, at, at Eden Park against the Irish. So he's he's also an option there, um, and he's he, he's pretty sparky, and he can he can exploit some side defences too. So you know that they do have options um, around that. Um, so we'll see how that pans out on uh, on Saturday. And what about the uh, South African side, Campbell? What are the who are the players that we need to look out for in this game? Are there are there any ones we may not have heard of who you think oh geez they, these are going to be good? Well, well, perhaps first if we look at the ones who won't be there, uh, which is interesting because Cheslin Colby has broken his jaw. The, the, oh, the, the winger. winger. Um, so that removes one. Yeah, so he's, um, I think that was in the Welsh series. So he's, uh, that's one of their main attacking weapons, won't be there. Uh, Franz Stein um, has sort of been working his way back to fitness and he may come onto the bench, uh, I'm hearing, out of South Africa. Um, he's 35 now, but we know he can kick goals from yeah, 60 metres. Absolutely. Um, but Dwayne, yeah, um, and it, so that, that could be interesting. Dwayne Vermeulen, the number eight, very good player. I don't think he's going to be quite fit enough to, to play. So, okay. 
um, how they mix up their loose forwards. They'll certainly have Peter Steph to toy uh, and Sia Colisi um, in a sort of a two-flanker game, and those two are, are world-class, um, particularly um, uh, Peter Steph to toy, yes. uh, world player of the year uh, only three years ago. Um, so those are some of the guys to look out for. Obviously, in the locks, Eben Etzebeth and Lud Diaga, a uh, very seasoned pair of locks. Uh, Etzebeth put up his 100th, I think, against Wales. Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, so they'll, they'll be tough. They'll be tough on the forwards. Franz Malherb, uh, the tight head prop, um, is also uh, a solid player. They they actually benched Fusted Clerk for the third Did they? against Wales. But, but I think, yeah, I think he'll come back into it. And I think Andre Pollard will be your 10. Um, and they've got a couple of good footballers out wide, obviously fullback Damien Willemser um, and uh, Lucanio Arm is the centre. So mm. there's, I mean, there's good good footballers all the way through, but just a couple of a couple of key players who are out there. So uh, interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a cracker. It's going to be a real interesting one, that's for sure. Uh, we look forward to it. Five past three on uh, Sunday morning. You're getting up live for it, aren't you, Campbell? <laughs> Mate, if it was uh, if it was twenty years ago, I would. Um, it's, a bit, it's a bit tougher these days. I'll, I'll certainly be my flying it, and then mate, there's so much other rugby. I'll keep uh, an eye at um, NPC and oh, mate, all sorts. I'm exactly the same as you. I said that to Ben before. I said, nah, twenty years ago for sure. Now I'm just like you. I'm my skirt. I'll get up at eight, cup of tea. <laughs> A couple of bit of toast, bit of marmite. I won't check the phone. Watch it as live. Uh, but you're right. There is tons of other um, games on this week. NPC kicks off. Are you guys all over this as well, Campbell? Yeah, mate. Yeah, we've got our um, August uh, issue is out on Thursday, and it's an NPC special. Uh, we've got Liam Mickham on our on our cover. He's on 99 games for Waikato. But oh. uh, yeah, so we've got all the, all the ins and outs and uh, info that you need. Um, you know, for the NPC, because that's going to be uh, really interesting how that pans out. I mean, well, it's, it tends to sort of get get lost a bit in the uh, avalanche of uh, All Blacks and all the other sport going on, but it's uh, still a very important comp, of course. Oh, look, Campbell, for me, personally, I, I th- you know, I think it's the most important competition. You know, if, if I had it my way, I'd, I would bin Super Rugby and I'd make NPC much, you know, much like everyone else. I'd love to see that be the, the English Premier League of, of World Rugby, you know. It's because it's yeah, got that, yeah, well, hey, you know, tribal absolutely. connection. Um, absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah no, there's quite a few rugby people who have actually expressed a similar sentiment, um, you know, uh, uh, along those lines to me over the past uh, past few weeks. Because mm. uh, it, it is a funny thing. Super rugby is um, is good, but it's, um, yeah, it, it doesn't always strike that chord that you like. But the problem is, of course, that uh, we need to somehow find a formula to get crowds coming back to to NPC and it's uh, it's pretty tough to get sort of more than five, six or seven thousand along to some of these games. But uh, yeah, but you know, you know, you can for marketing department. we we can solve that if we get rid of Super Rugby. Then your All Blacks are available for your NPC teams. You know, the whole it, it just goes back to the old days. You know, um, yeah, true, you know, I remember. True. I mean, how it, you know, yeah. when Auckland yeah, had how, the Shield, I mean, how, massive crowds. Exactly, ex- exactly, mate. No, well, hey, look, uh, but I mean, how they would monetize that uh, with the current. Um, Structure with broadcasting money, um, etc. That, that's going to be the difficulty after 25 years of Super Rugby. But no, like I, I agree on a, you know, from a rugby perspective, mm. uh, it'd be nice to see. Uh, but uh, I mean, maybe that horse has bolted. But uh, no, it, it's certainly going to be going to be a good comp next two and a half months. And I think uh, there's been a change in format there, which will yeah. How does how does, uh, how does do you know how that's going to work, Campbell? It's still is it still kind of two divisions, but not? Or it's, I'm a bit confused. Yeah, it's uh, what two. Yeah, two two conferences, um, Dean, but uh, they're, they're all playing for the one prize uh, as opposed to the two prizes um, 
the last two years. So, yeah, essentially um, two two conferences of seven, and um, you've got to try and make the top four of each, um, and then you play quarterfinals within your conference. Um, win okay. those, you go to the semis, and then you cross over and play the um, play the, the victors from the other conference. So it's uh, there's going to be eight teams in the playoffs, and six will be planning for 2023. Uh, but... Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be yeah, it's going to be quite interesting because there's probably, I reckon there's nine teams that could make the <clears throat> quarterfinals, but I reckon there's six teams that could win this. Wow! Um, so it could be it could be quite even. Jeez, that's I, I heard on the way in actually the Battle of the Bridges on this weekend too. So that's you know that 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 always strikes up some good memories as well. Yeah, well, and that that hasn't always been played in the last few years because of uh, just mm. the quirk of the draw and then COVID last year. Um, so um, yeah, it's always nice to have that and have that battle of the bridge. It's not quite like it was the first one when they had forty thousand. I think at Eden Park oh, for a midweek fuel yeah. challenge. Um, and I saw that. Of I saw Oniwa. that. Yeah, that was. Was that nine yeah, all that yeah. first challenge? Something like it was a draw, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think I think Auckland won the first one in '86, but there was a draw along the line. Oh, uh, it must have been '89. That's or the 90, one I, I went think. to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man, they were yeah. always always <laughs> always good battles. And so that uh, rugby news, that's out. Did you say Thursday? Yep, um, so that's uh, at all um, all good uh, bookstores. So, um, yeah, watch out for that. It's a bit of a bumper issue, so we sort of cover off what happened with the All Blacks in July, but also all the ins and outs uh, with the NPC, but also the Heartland Championship, uh, which starts in a couple of weeks as well, is also uh, covered off on there, so there's plenty to sink your teeth into. <laughs> that's a lot on. Hey, now that's awesome. Hey, Campbell, been an absolute pleasure talking with you, mate, and uh, enjoy the upcoming rugby, okay? Cheers. There you go, awesome, folks. Mate. Campbell, Thanks, mate. thank you. There's a Campbell Burns from the uh, Rugby News. Yeah, get yours. It's out on Thursday. It's got everything you need in there, especially uh, all the NPC info because it is a congested season and there's a ton of things in there. So thank you very much for that, uh, Campbell. And, of course, as Campbell mentioned this weekend, we do have uh, the All Blacks coming up against South Africa at uh, yeah, 5 past 3 on Sunday morning. We better take a break, though, Ben. We'll be back. 0800-150-811 or text double eight double three. Talk about anything you want. We just spoke with Campbell uh, Burns about the Rugby News NPC and uh, also the All Blacks this weekend. I'll give you a bit of a rundown on that later. But we've also got a call uh, here online. It is Mark. Mark from Sydney. Mark, how you doing, mate? Good, Dean. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you, my man. How's it going over, over the ditch? Well, it's a lot better in that we've had some consistent fine weather here in Sydney, which makes a really nice change from the six months of consistent torrential rain oh, we've had, I so that's great. I saw that in some of the league games a couple of weekends ago. Wow, it was like a monsoon-like. Tell me about it. You'd think it'd be Wellington on its best fine day. <laughs> hey, Mark, how can we help you tonight, mate? What's, uh, what's on your mind? Well, I wanted to just bring up two small matters. Sure. I think... Uh, First of all, I think uh, New Zealand, the New Zealand Rugby Union, in other words, the suits in charge of New Zealand Rugby, yes. need to basically take a fresh new approach as to how they approach rugby, managing rugby union within New Zealand. Mm. And I think they need to re- reinstate the NPC yes. and build talent up through the NPC and uh, give as many people... Uh, who are good enough in the NPC the chance to develop to become All Blacks through an NPC system? Yeah, no, look, I totally agree with you. It's uh, it's kind of for, for whatever reason it's just fallen down the chain, and it's so it's it's almost it's it is kind of sad because it should be, in my opinion, our our premier competition. And yeah, you're right, NZRU for whatever, for whatever reason don't don't see it that way. Absolutely. And my second point is it's very heartening to see how well. 
I mean, I'm half Kiwi, half Australian. Yes, you know, but I it's remember. It's very heartening to see how both nations are doing so well at the Com Games. Oh, but in very realistic terms, uh, I think the Black Ferns are doing way better than the All Blacks at the moment, and I think the All Black uh, coaching staff really needs to not get so tunnel visioned and to broaden. Uh, the people they, shall we say, bring into the uh, coaching staff and who they work with. And I think mm. a great uh, bunch of people they could work with at the moment to basically improve the All Blacks' performance light years would be the coaching staff of the Blackburns, the female All Blacks. Yeah, it, because it, it, no, carry on. Wayne Smith, their coach, mm. Wayne, yeah, I'll just... Um, wrap up with this. Wayne Smith, their coach, is having tremendous success because they were in for the bronze medal at the Com Games. He's got Wesley Clark and he's also got Whitney Hanson. And she was promoted from the intern coaching role that she held within the team for the past two years. Yeah, it's interesting with the Black Ferns. They're certainly one of the most loved and respected teams um, in New Zealand, Mark, not just for their uh, winning record and, and the results they get, but also just the way they carry themselves and that culture. Oh, you know, it's... Um yeah, we, we, we felt for them when they um, got the you know, didn't win, but they obviously they carry themselves so well that it's still, they're such a great side. Indeed. Yeah. And I just think at the NZIU needs to just take a real back to basics approach and, like I said, develop the NPC as a uh, development stage process for the All Blacks. Mm. And if they open the perspective, as it were, and get other people like the coaching staff of the Blackburns to advise them, help them out, maybe bring in new strategies. Because I think with the all-black coaching staff, they're just too stale. They just shut themselves off to new avenues mm. of inspiration, new avenues of development. And I think if they got people like the Blackburns coaching staff to assist them, to bring in new strategies, it would do wonders for the All Blacks on-field performance. Well, I tell you what, Mark, we'll be finding out after this weekend, mate. We'll see how we go then. And, uh, yeah, there could well be changes. Hey, uh, Mark, we do have to run, my friend, but thank you so much for your call tonight. And I'm glad the weather's fine over the ditch too, my man. Thank you. Cheers, that's Mark from um, Sydney. Look, we haven't got much time left in this hour. For, I don't think we can take uh, the next call just yet. Maybe we do that after nine, being here, because it's just too tight. Uh, we're going to take a... We've got one more break to do as well, haven't we? Yeah, we'll do the break now, then we'll come back after that. Seven minutes to nine o'clock. A bit more of the Bee Gees for you folks. Love in it. Uh, keep it coming, Benny. Good stuff, mate. And Graham, call back after nine, mate. Sorry, pal, we, we just have got no time. The clocks here are, are, are brutal. They're brutal, Graham. Give us a call back after nine, mate. And Ben, before we were talking about your uh, your signed shirts that you've got and, you know, you've you basically got them on. They're, they're memorabilia. They're, they're, they're beautiful things. But you've got them on coat hangers. They're in the cupboard. You try to DIY one of them into some frame. You, made it, it, you failed horribly. Well, we put it out there to the listeners. Can they help you? And Tim has come to the party. He says there's a place in Lunn Ave in Mount Wellington, uh, Factory Frames. Factory Frames, Ben, they're the people who can help you put your shirt into a proper glass frame. Tim doesn't say how much it costs, but, you know, that would be worth it, Ben. You, you're going to have to do that. Well, yeah. Ma well, Mark gave me another place as well, but uh, it's on the piece of paper at the other end of the room, and I'm not in the mood to slide about two steps oh, over. so you got another... Someone else gave you one as well? No, that's right. Wow. Okay, this is good. Okay, so there you go. Thank you for that, Tim. And was it Mark? Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you for that as well, because otherwise your, your prize possessions, you know what's going to happen, and they're going to bloody... Oh, gosh damn it. Hey, also... Uh, I notice here as well, um, 
being that you've managed to, I don't know, you've, you've pulled some strings with the uh, with this magic. Are we allowed to talk about this? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Okay, so we, we were talking to um, Campbell Burns before about the uh, uh, rugby news, and Ben has managed to find the, the edition that we were talking about. Obviously, you've been given... You've been given the heads up to get the early. Of course, yeah. We'll talk about that after nine, I think, because we're running out of time here. Okay, we'll be back after nine. We're also talking rugby league uh, with Warriors Anonymous podcast host Gerard Cronin. Nine o'clock here on SENZ Extra Time. Team Butler with you here tonight. Feline and four. Ricardo Ball, producer Big Ben Francis, is on the buttons. 0800 150 is the number to call. 0800 150 You can, of course, text double eight double three if you want to as well double eight double three um in about 10 15 minutes we're going to be talking all things warriors uh with warriors anonymous podcast host jared cronin been quite a few stories breaking well there's always stories breaking about the warriors always stories breaking in the nrl there's <laughs> there's one thing the nrl is good for it is for um stories so if you want to have a, a chat before then please do so graham if you're out there you can call now also we spoke to campbell burns before um, from the rugby news, and Ben, we've got the the bumper edition. This is it, the pre- NPC preview special. It's right here, Ben. We've got we've got, and what I what I love about this, it's got every story you need, and and it's got the draw the fixes right in the middle, so it's easy to find. You know, you turn it where with it, and you bang. That's good planning, Campbell. You and your team, good planning, and also, let's be honest, good news for good news for for SENZ because you open up the front page, and boom, you are hit. You are, you're smashed in the face. Let's be honest. They just they're jumping off the page at you. Then we got we got Izzy and Kempe, and we got Kirsty and Beef. Boom, right there, right in your face. Bang, done. And then there's plenty of other stories, and you name it, it's all there. So uh, there you go, folks. Get your MPC. Um, no, get your MPC. Get your rugby news. It's out in shops on Thursday, and it's got the All Blacks. It's got everything you need. It's a great read. A great read, and it's it's that good paper too. And it's got oh, great. Yeah. What's your MPC team? Auckland. Auckland. I'm an Auckland boy. Well, you're an Auckland boy. Yeah. I'm a Tanifar man. Okay, Northland, yeah. And I believe we've got someone that represents uh, the red and black country. Oh, uh, we do. We certainly do. On the phone right now, he is red and black. He, ble- he bleeds red and black. Graham, how you doing, mate? <laughs> yeah, I was born, you know, I was put in, after my mum, after I was born, you know, I was putting a red and black, you know, you know, blanket around me and that. Yeah, that's oh. exactly from birth, mate. Yeah. You were programmed from an early age. You even had, <laughs> you even had the eye patch on put on early. It's like, it, like oh, a... that's right. <laughs> it's mandatory. It's mandatory. Yeah. How yeah. you how how you doing, Graham? Look, there's plenty to talk about, mate. You yeah, wanna... I just on the Commonwealth Games. I mean, believe sure. it or not, uh, you're talking about the '74 games. And, yes. Um, I didn't. I, I always wish. So I was only about eight when that was, you know, I'm showing yeah, my age, you know. That's but, all right. But I remember watching Dick Taylor, you know, I remember oh. that race. I got a vague memory of that race. Yes. And, uh, I got into running around the property and, you know, <laughs> but I remember it was a stinking hot summer. It was yes. just beautiful and it was such a great time in Christchurch. I know in Auckland in 1990, mm. um, you know, many years later, it was the same feeling, you know. And, yeah. And it does, you know, people, I hear people say about, you know, in comparison with the Olympics, but... And maybe some sports shouldn't be there, but that's the mm. same with the Olympics, yes. to be fair. Um, but, you know, but but it's still, you know, like most things, and we get on to the NPC later, <laughs> everything, everything's been affected by um, yes. commercialism and time. But there's still a bit of magic there, like in Birmingham at the moment, you oh, see. Oh, look, know? it's true. And that time in Christchurch was just fantastic, you it- know, and... 
it was fantastic, Graham, and I, I, I've banged on about it. And I, I don't know if it's because we only had two TV channels or whatever, but it seemed to me that everyone in New Zealand was watching, and we had these amazing oh, yeah. moments. It was fantastic. Yeah, Dick Taylor was actually involved with Canterbury. Uh, he's living in a taco now. He's a he's on. Yeah, he gets a. Oh, I know Dick very. You know, he was president of the supporters club here in Oh, Christ, was Canterbury he? And, yeah, off road media. God, nearly twenty years. Dick. Yeah, oh, I, I've seen him. I haven't seen him for a couple of years. Oh, it'd be two years now. But yeah, no, he. Um, yeah, no, a great guy, and um, yeah, just. Yeah, told a lot of stories, but you know, yes. he, you know, around rugby and that too. But but yeah, fantastic guy, Dick. But that was a, and and the race of Philbert Bly and John Walker. Oh. You know, they they were just you know they never to be repeated again. Mark, no, really. No, that's that's right. They they you're right. They were once in a generation moments. Those ones, I I believe that too. Yeah, yeah, no, but um, yeah, I miss the rugby. Just like, great, uh, it's great talking to Campbell. Bur- you chat mm. with Campbell Burns, by the way. Yeah, no, I'm. Oh, I'd love to see, you know, um, even though obviously I love the Crusaders, and, yes. but I'd love to see MPC to be, you know, more supported from above. But I think it's this whole, there's just so much all-black stuff. You know, I've talked to Mark Watson a lot about it for mm. a long time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, since I've been um, ringing you guys. And, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> there's two, you know, it's just, it's very top-heavy, and, you know, that's the problem. You know, even Super Rugby's been affected by the all-black Yes. You know, the the great the dark shadow that it hangs over New Zealand rugby at times, you know, even in the good and bad times yep. too, I must say. Yeah. You know, they get players taken off them because, you know, I, I love the NPC and, um, yeah. you know, I've been watch following Canterbury for 50 years now, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, you know, it's a great competition. You know, it was a great competition last year. I mean, Hawks Bay, yes. you know, and Waikato and those teams that did, did, did so well and, you know... It, it does even things out a bit, yeah. a bit without all blacks involved, to be fair. So um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It gives everyone. You're right. It does. It does allow others to come through. But you know, I just know how great that competition was back in the day. And I, you know, oh, yeah. they keep going on about you know we need to get crowds back. We need to get fans back. We need to get we need to get players playing again as well. That's the other thing they've they've, they've missed out well, on too. Well, yeah, that's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that's a, that's a problem. But um, well, yeah. Yeah, it's the numbers have gone mm. down a bit. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean those days and day rugby again, once again. Yes. You know, talk about the Canterbury Good Auckland point. game. It Good was point. a Rampelly Shell game yep. and an NPC game. I was at that game in '85, and I it's talked about a lot. But yeah, played it played it in the middle. You know, fifties. 52,000 there or whatever and you know and you were talking about the North Harbour Auckland game yeah. you know, I remember watching watching them supporting Buck Shelford and the boys from <laughs> here and Crush yeah. Yeah. yeah well I was going to bring back Buck man but you know they were great battles and oh, they, they were. were great it wasn't just Canterbury and Auckland it was Canterbury and Wellington where yes. they still exist those rivalries and um that Harbour Auckland one, you know, mm. even though it's only been going since about eighty six or eighty eighty five, that's I think. right. Yeah, but that's a, um, you know, it's a, b- a bitter rivalry at times. Yeah, well, it was um, that like only Southland, yeah. even you know um, exactly. Yeah, but um, no, no, I'm looking forward to yeah Canterbury got a good team, and but you know, we'll, I think pretty feeling pretty positive about them. But the All Blacks, that'll be it's another story. Well, another yeah, now, <laughs> Graham, exactly. How are you feeling, mate? What are you, you know, going well, through this I don't, one? I don't know. I mean, they could, they, their back's against the wall, you know. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, but they're up, obviously they're up against the wall. Yes. With um, a lot of ammunition being fought, and including from fans, you know, and yep. I've got, 
you know, I'm not, you know, I, I heard someone say earlier on your show about the All Blacks that, you know, that, oh, that was Mark, actually, a guy who rang from Sydney. He made yes. a lot of sense. To, but, you know, made some really interesting comments. But they need fresh blood. Well, the day, I mean, it goes back to, the, you know, that, that appointment. And it, it's a, it might be a, a drum. People don't like hearing all the repetition of it. But, yeah, went back to the appointment of Ian Foster. And, and he's copying it now. But, I mean, you know, I don't think he should have got the job. And that, mm. and that's, that, that really... That, that that's the problem, you know. That they that the fresh blood didn't get brought in in two nineteen. Yeah. Or you know, and that it became stale, and you know, it's just sort of rolled over, and you know, so they've ended up now in this position. I mean, Jason Ryan, not because Crusaders forward pack uh, was well, he was the, well. the fourth scrum coach for the. I mean, he's going to bring. He is going to bring a new perspective. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, improve the line-out drives and the defence and the forwards. But, um, yeah, that, that you know, once again, you know, Foster's under a lot of pressure. But I think we'll see what team he picks too. I'd like to... Well, that's the thing. There's got, there's got to be some changes there in the back line, particularly because their forwards are a bit limited by what they've picked, really. Well, the tour over there. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, we're talking talking to Campbell as well. <coughs> yeah, they're, they're saying you think there has to be some kind of changes um, for this team. Um, yeah, for yeah. This game. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, they, they have to play it at pace. You know, I heard somebody earlier today talking about playing it at pace and that. But you've got to get the ball and, you know... Um, yeah, no. That it's a, I, it's I, it's I, interesting that one, Graham, because you know I I understand why they say that you know they want to move the South, but you know South Africa is such a trained side; it's slowing the game down. You can't control the speed of the game, but you can slow it down, and that's what they're good at. Oh, that's right, and they and they and they score themselves too. Yes, people think the South Africans are you know, are some, you know it's a giant, you know, of sort of, but they but then they they're pretty. Clinical, you mm. know, especially good South. You know, there's not many bad South African teams. No, they, you know, um, they're in the wilderness for many years. But you know, obviously because of apartheid and that. But you know, they they come back and they, you know, and they they, they know, you know, they're very very ruthless. Mm. I mean, all black teams are like that at their best too. But the South Africans on their home track. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just like to see it. there's got to be a bit of change up. I think, you know. Where my patch again, I think Richie Mwanga deserves a start at 10. Mm. And A few people have um, said that now. A few people are saying uh, that now. Jordan at, at 15. Um, but you know, I'll, be, I'll be surprised if it happens, but I hope it does. I just think they need to, they can't actually just pick the same squad, you know, that went on the field in the third test. No. You know, that, yeah, um, and Ethan de Groot's over there, which is good. You yes. Know, he's a bit of a, a change in the tight five. So, um yeah, no, and Frizzell's there, so it's a, another new one. So, you know, guys like that are buzzing around. So, yeah, I think they've got to <laughs> change things slightly. They have They I'm, have to. Yeah, yeah. They have to. Grab, we'll see and, what happens. You know, and, like, yeah. I'm glad they brought in Jason Ryan. You know, to me, that was a bit of an admission that, oh, okay, you know, because Scott Robinson obviously wanted Jason Ryan when he made his bid, you know, so yeah. they've kind of gone, oh, well, let's get at least some of that, you know, of what he was thinking. So Well, that's right, yeah. No, no, and it's... Yeah, no, he, he, you know, he'll, I think he'll be there for a few. Years. I've just got that feeling, you know, that he's gonna be there for a wee while now. Mm. I just don't see it as being a. Um, yeah, I got. I can see. Yeah, I think there's a change. You know, whether it happens before the World Cup or after, I think 
well, you know, people are talking about Razor going overseas, but I couldn't. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a coach, you know, sooner rather than later. I mean, even if not this year, it'd be certainly next year, because I think that the rugby, rugby union, I think, <laughs> are more or less saying oh. they got it wrong. Oh, they sure. Yeah. Well, they sure, they sure did. And one look, Graham. One thing before you go, mate. Are you getting up yep. live to watch this one? Or are you pre-recording and watching it in the morning? Uh, well, yeah, I'll be getting that live. Yeah, I'm always course, someone yes, who likes to watch that live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew that. Um, yeah, good. But people, most people, my uh, great my skyers now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, me, I'm I don't in that, blame I'm them for that either. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that club, mate. No, no. But hey, look, uh, always great talking with you, Graham. And no, good um, man, Dino. Next yep. time I'm on, mate, you you get on that phone, all right? No, no. Always uh, appreciate. It. We always have a good. A elongated nativist, yeah. <laughs> no, it's good, mate. It's good. I love it. Different views. It's 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 you know it's 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 why we love sport. You know, everyone has different opinions, different thoughts. It's oh all, yeah, that's know, right. It's all good. Exactly. It's all good. Hey, thanks, Graham. Appreciate no, it, man. Good man. You have a good evening. You too. Uh, there you go, folks. Graham with his thoughts on, of course, the NPC and the rugby coming up this weekend. We're going to take a break now, but after the break, we're going to be talking all things Warriors with the Warriors Anonymous podcast host, Jared Cronin. <laughs> 17 minutes past nine here on SENZ Extra Time. Team Butler with you here tonight. Filling in for Ricardo Ball. Producer Big Ben Francis is on the buttons. Well, of course, uh, with anything to do with a rugby league, we've got to talk about the Warriors. And on the line right now is the host of the Warriors Anonymous podcast. It is Jared Cronin. Jared, how you doing, mate? A very good evening to you, mate. I'm doing uh, doing exceedingly well, considering the fact that I am a, a Warriors fan. Yeah. <laughs> You're sounding like my producer, Ben Francis, as well. I think he's in the same boat. Look, to be honest with you, Jared, as well, look, I'm a Warriors fan. I'm not hardcore, but I do watch them. But, look, it's been a season from hell. Um, it hasn't been great. Uh, they've just, uh, the news, well, the big news coming out ju- just recently has been that um, the good news, I suppose, Tamari Martin has signed for three years. That's been confirmed. That That's a great signing for the Warriors, Jared. Yes, it is. Yeah, and it's it's been one of those things that's been the rumours have been swirling for quite a few weeks now. Mm. So it's good to actually finally get something signed and on the dotted line because, as we have seen, uh, particularly this year, uh, there's been a, a number of instances where people uh, have or people have signed on the dotted line and haven't actually uh, made their way over to Auckland. So um, <laughs> you know, there's there's problems like that, but a good signing, a guy who can play in a number of different positions. Uh, he came up as a you know a, a budding superstar through the Penrith system, mm. um, and has of of course had problems um, health problems in recent times. Um, but you know he's bounced back from that, and he's just shown his class this year with the Broncos. Gave him basically a, a train and trial sort of deal, and you know he's really proven his worth. And I think he's going to be a, a very good pickup for the Warriors next year. Um, I mean, obviously position wise, we've got Chance Nickel Clockstart coming to the Warriors next year. You know he's going to go into fullback. Will Tamati in the halves and as like a backup fullback is that the plan well see this is where it gets really interesting because uh we've got a a number of guys particularly next year Mm. we've got a number of guys who can play similar positions we've got Tumaire who can play um typically uh number six or at the back this year he's done with the Broncos so yes he can play one and six Luke Metcalf who's coming from the Sharks can also do the same sort of positions right then we've got guys like uh, of course um young Ronnie Volkman who's played a couple of games so far this year um, and, you know, as you say, we've got Chance, Chance Nickel Klukstad, who could be, um, you know, used at the back as well. So I guess um, uh, also we've got a wild card coming with Dylan Walker, who can basically play any oh, position yes. that has a number. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, so he's coming. And so we've got a lot of guys who can cover a lot of different positions, which is great. Um, I guess it just becomes a bit of a balancing act in, in terms of how we use them. 
Um, so that's going to be probably a, a major challenge for the new coach, Andrew Webster, to just come in and be able to herd all the cattle into the right positions at the right times. It is a long season. Of course, you have injuries, you have suspensions, mm. um, you have all sorts of fun and games going on. So um, so it's going to be good to at least have a, a good amount of depth in a, a lot of positions where we've struggled previously. Um, but it's going to be a challenge for how they you know, manage to uh, work the roster and you know keep the rotation going if there is one and, and put the right guys in the right spots. Yeah, look, 100% agree with that. And well, talking about someone who's going to be maybe helping putting the guys in the right spot, of course, another signing's been made. Former Warriors head coach Andrew McFadden, Cappy, is coming back oh. to Mount Smart to take up a new position as the club's general manager, recruitment, development and pathways. Now, over here, it's kind of been a received as a bit kind of, oh, is it good? Is it not good? Is it a step back? Is it a step forward? What do you make of it? Well, I'll tell you what, we've got obviously with uh, the new coach, uh, Andrew Webster, coming next year. Yes. And now that the return of Cappy, uh, we're going to be partying like it's 2016 all over again. <laughs> because uh, there's obviously a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of crossover with their previous tenures with the Warriors. The fact that they want to come back to the setup, both of those guys, is a really good uh, indicator of, of where things are, you know, hopefully going. Okay. Maybe next year may just be our year, but uh, <laughs> let's not um, let's not start that one year, Jerry. That's <laughs> too early. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is a, a, a definitely a, a very good pickup. Um, and I guess a lot of people have really spoken highly of Andrew McFadden and what he's had to offer. Obviously, formerly with a um, with the Warriors as a head coach when mm. he uh, departed. Previously, now coming back as more of a uh, recruitment and uh, you know development sort of um, role. Do so. you think? Do do you think? I mean, if we look at it sort of without the uh, sort of you know removed from it, how will he recruit like within within New Zealand the pathways and all that sort of stuff? Because there's been a lot of talk. Oh yes, we've got great players in Aussie. Can we bring them back? Well, who knows? But there's also tons of players in New Zealand coming through who who we miss. You know, is that where he's yeah. going to be looking at? Well, that's right. He's going to be like a grizzly bear at the river mouth, isn't he? Just waiting for uh, for the, that that prime salmon to come his way. Um, yeah, that, that's that's a huge challenge for him. Uh, obviously, um, you know, the head coach has got his challenges, but Cappy is going to have a huge challenge in terms of, you know, because basically you're going to have to start from scratch again. There's a yeah. lot of things that have been uh, curtailed during the whole COVID period. Um, you know, development pathways have kind of gone, you know, by the wayside. So, so he's going to have a huge, huge challenge on his hands to just get things up and going. Obviously, we can't expect miracles straight away, but as you say, we want to start seeing a bit of progress yeah. in terms of the, the the top players that we're able to, you know, keep them and nurture them through our system rather than have them, you know, scoot on over to Bondi or the Melbourne Storm mm. or the Broncos somewhere like that, and, yeah. and you know, find fame and fortune there. So. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what he can bring for our, our up-and-coming talent because there's a lot. Because there is going to be like a reserve-grade competition next year, isn't there, like a full-time? So that could be a pathway too, couldn't it? Like a, you, you put your ones in there and then they come through. That's right, yeah, very much a, um, a key part of uh, what the Warriors will be looking to do um, starting next year. Because, I mean, you know, you think back over the years and we've actually had pretty strong representation um, through our age grade yes, football and yes. through our reserve grade football, we've had a, you know a, quite a, a, an amount of success that really the top grade has struggled to achieve at times. Mm. So, um, so getting that piece of you know the uh, that piece back on the chessboard, uh, so to speak, will really help um, you know what we're trying to do. You know, just helping with um, you know keeping guys um, playing football when they're not playing top grade. I know we've been doing a lot of that with uh, when we we're based over with the Redcliffe Dolphins, but. Yes. 
of course, with them coming into the NRL next year, we and and us coming home as well, um, we need to you know get back to what we do, get back to uh, home ground at Mount Smart, and and you know developing our guys from there because you know I think as we've seen so far, there's nothing quite like a, a nice cool Auckland southerly to hit those Australian boys <laughs> oh, right in the faces, you know. Oh, absolutely. You know what it's like when you're in the shade, and when, you, when you're in the shade at Mount Smart, it's cold. Even if it's a sunny day, it's it's cold. Um, so, yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Hey, also, look, um, we are, I mean, I know we're looking at, at next year, but there's also still games to play this year. They've, they've named the team, team to play the uh, Rabbitohs on the weekend on Saturday. Any surprises in there for you, uh, Jared? Oh, surprises are plenty, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Right. Uh, that's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, there's um, obviously with um, a few injuries, have kicked in with, you know, obviously uh, um, we've got uh, a lot of change going on in our mm. centres from week to week. Yes. Um, we've managed to actually put Ewan Aitken out into his centre position for the first time this season. Oh, how, uh, how crazy. <laughs> oh, look, it's, it's radical thinking. And, um, you know, I guess it's something that I've been actually asking for all season. Oh, we all have. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that it's now finally happened, now that the horse has bolted, it's, it's a little bit sort of, uh, you know, bittersweet, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, but looking forward to seeing, you know, actually what Wade Egan put up last week in that number six jersey was very interesting because he just offered us a completely different type of player in that spot. Yeah. He was, yeah, he, he was typical Egan. He, he wasn't in a rush. He was just taking his time. He was cruising along like it was, you know, like a, a Sunday afternoon <laughs> stroll. Um, but he, he just looks around. You can see him watching what the defense is doing, seeing wh- what they're giving him. And he'll just pick his spot and give it to the right guy in oh, space. Look, and he, he's definitely yeah. one of our best players. He has been all season. And I'm like you when Ben gave me the list before. I thought he's got six. What's where's nine? What? <laughs> yeah. Where, and then and then I thought, well, hang on. How's he even going to play? We got smashed in the face last. So has he had his teeth out or something? Do you, do you know or, or what's yeah, going no, on? I, I understand he's uh, he had a few uh, a few cracked molars or, or whatever was going on in there from uh, courtesy of Big Nelson putting uh, the elbow on him. Yeah, that was but, unbelievable. Um, oh, how bad was that? But um, no, I think he's. It seems like he's he's doing all right. Um, initial fears, obviously, was you know a broken jaw at the time. Mm. Um, so that's now been allayed, and just yeah, I guess I, I don't really know what a, a few cracked teeth look like <laughs> or, or feel like. Uh, no. I can't imagine it be terribly comfortable. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he's, you know, he's made a pretty stern stuff as our Wade. So uh, we'll be looking forward uh, for him. He actually, um, he was rooming with uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita uh, over in Redcliffe um, oh, this year. So yeah. he was the man in charge of cooking all their meals in their flat. So, really? Yeah. So, so we've been calling him Chef Egan all year. Um, so <laughs> we'll look, to, I'll look forward to see what the chef can cook up for us uh, against the bunnies. Oh, uh, yeah. Look, I'm a big Chanel Harris-Tavita fan, and he's just unfortunately been riddled by injuries, you know, this year. He's... He's one of those players who does put his body on the line, maybe sometimes to his own detriment. But boy, he—I I think we're going to miss him. We really are. He's—he's uh, he's definitely become uh, a real fan favorite this year, based on the uh, the the effort and the skill that he's managed to yes. show out on the field. He's—he's he's made great strides, um, and I guess personally as well, he's—he's he's made even better strides with the fact that he's—you know—he's now looking further afield to to do things outside of rugby league. So. Mm. 
Um, really applaud him for doing that. It's yes. such a brave decision for such a young man. He's, I mean, he's 23 years old, but he has got the uh, the wisdom of a wise old owl. So, <laughs> um, yeah, big loss for us. Uh, very sad times. But, um, you know, well, I guess we can just, you know, keep in touch with him and see if we can just try and somehow sneakily suggest he might want to come back soon. <laughs> oh, look, I, I personally believe I, I think he will come back. I don't think, I think he just needs a break. And he, yeah, I think when he gets, you know, in a few years, he will look at coming back. And I'm looking at this this list as well. I'm seeing, you know, another fan favourite has been Josh Curran this season, but he's on the bench this week. Yes. See, uh, I was actually asking uh, the Warriors Anonymous group this afternoon. I was like, uh, is Josh Curran not 100% mm. or did he maybe just steal the last dinner roll in the uh, <laughs> team's last meal or something? Because... <laughs> Something's gone a bit astray there. We're, we're looking at this going, why is he in a number 17 jersey? Yeah. Um, there's a bit of, I guess, a bit of chat around potentially him being included in the in the starting lineup, you know, last minute, just a nice little oh, swap there with um, okay. with Aaron Aaron Penner, who B- is um, currently listed at 13. Bit of smoke and yeah. mirrors, you reckon? You know how it is. It's like radio. It's all smoke and mirrors. It is. <laughs> it is. Don't believe the hype, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Oh, with. <laughs> It's funny with Josh Curran because yeah, okay, he made a couple of mistakes last week, but he's one of the he's another hundred and twenty percent guy. He he also has been one of our better players this season. Oh, very much so. Love Josh Curran. He's uh, you know he's 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 everywhere. Like we call him clean up because he just seems like he's cleaning up every mess that's happening out on the field. You you know you you'll see kicks get put through by the opposition into our end goal. He's right there, um, and yeah, he's he's just he knows where to be at the right times. Um, Obviously, he had a few issues um, recently, just with a few niggles here and there, which I'm not entirely sure he's, um, you know, 100% over, to be okay. fair, because he hasn't been quite at the, the level that we normally um, see from him. But, yeah, I've got to say, a lot of love for uh, for Josh Curran from, uh, from myself and you know, a lot of the Warriors fans. Oh, man, it's been unbelievable. Hey, look, also, uh, they it's a horror run home for the Warriors, uh, Jared. You know, the Rabbitohs this week, uh, then the fly, high flying bulldogs who have suddenly hit you know red hot speed. Then the cowboys. Then the panthers. The final game at home against the titans. Really, Ooh. I mean, I know we we're fans, but if we're being realists, there's only one win in these upcoming five games, isn't there? Well, look, I think we could back our chances. I know the bulldogs have been going pretty well, but mm. as I say, get them over there to to Mount Smart and they have oh, yes. that little um, true. That little southerly coming their way and just true. making that ball just that little extra bit greasy. Yeah, true. Um, you know, we could we could rattle them. Um, so I like to think we've got a chance there. You're right to say, you know, against the Rabbitohs and Cowboys and mm. Panthers, we're mm. yeah. probably not, uh, yeah. you know, looking at great odds. Mm. Um, and it could well come down to a, um, you know, a loser-takes-all battle in that last game <laughs> uh, against the Titans. Uh, and and let, let's not forget as well, we were we were handily beaten by the Titans last year, 44-0. Uh, back, back when old Matt Lodge was giving the finger to the crowd. Oh, that's right. Um, and you know the players were getting stuck into us after a, you know after we'd had a long two years away from home. So I don't forget these things. I'm like an elephant. Yeah, like, man, okay. I can tell. We'll just, we'll just wait till you guys come to our you know our patch, and uh, we'll roll out the welcome mat for you. And see how things go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jared. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. And if people want to um, catch your podcast, where can they find it? Yeah, so we're streaming on uh, all the major platforms. We're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts as well. 
Um, and also we've got a, um, a Warriors Anonymous group going uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. So, um, yeah, just feel free to, to search on Warriors Anonymous and you should be able to track us down some way. Okay, so if, if people or fans want to, if, if, if anyone needs any therapy, that's the place to go to? Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. exactly what it is. It started mm. as a therapy group and uh, it's, it's just kind of just kept on going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jerry, hey, absolute pleasure talking with you, mate. Uh, all the best. We'll talk again soon and uh, go the Warriors. Awesome. Thanks very much, mate. Go the Warriors. (laughs) There you go. It's Jared Cronin from the Warriors Anonymous podcast. Have a look out for that on all the platforms. Uh, We'll take a quick break. We'll be back after this. 23 minutes to 10 here on SENZ. Dean Butler here with you tonight. Producer Big Ben Francis is on the buttons. We've been talking a lot of things tonight. We've been talking the NRL with Jared Cronin just then, especially with the Warriors. Boy, that sounds uh, interesting. We've also been talking the Commonwealth Games. Mark Bone with the swimming. We also talked some uh, All Blacks versus Springboks with Campbell Burns uh, earlier. And, of course, we've also got some of the... um, Presses that the uh, captain, uh, well, the two players, Rico Yuani and Sam Whitelock, that's now. Yeah, I think it's um, a game that everyone um, prior to, as you said, the, the four-year absence has, has looked forward to. And I think um, we as players look forward to, to coming here. So um, to have that sort of break and um, not have that annual annual game over here, I guess it uh, builds the hype, um, especially on the outside. And, you know, everyone's looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, we're just looking forward to putting out a decent performance on Saturday. Uh, and during the rugby championship and super rugby, the mm. guys got to travel here two, three times a season. Yeah. Now there's actually quite a big part of your squad that, ha- that actually haven't been to South Africa. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think, um, you know, there's a, we had a meeting with all the boys that haven't been here. And then, as you said, because we don't have them in super rugby, um, there's quite a few boys that, that haven't been here and haven't experienced, um, you know, the crowds or um, South Africa at home. So. Um, it's definitely going to be um, a new experience for them, but it's going to be an awesome one because uh, for last time, sorry, the first time I travelled here, I, I loved it. And in a completely different environment to what you normally used to, Durban, Johannesburg or Cape Town, mm. here you're on a completely different uh, venue and also a 2010 uh, Football World Cup venue. Yeah, yeah, honestly, it's, uh, it's awesome and it's, um, as you said, you know, the, the landscapes are so much different um, compared to, to Cape Town, um, Joburg and all the places we've been. Um, so again, it's something new to, to us uh, older boys, but um, something that we're definitely looking forward to. Also going back to the rugby championship days mm. and, and super rugby, you guys got to travel quite a bit, which eventually made you quite used to how to handle the time zones and, and, and altitude and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, how have you guys sort of tried to, to approach that this time around, given the fact that you actually haven't traveled that much in a long time and, 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 and that you know back here where time difference and the altitude is, 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 is quite significant. Yeah, I think uh, it's something that we have to build over the course of the week. Um, it's, it's not any, any one magic secret um, and, and recipe to, to solving that. Um, there's going to be boys that struggle to sleep or, or whatever, but it's about getting on. Um, once we're um, between those white lines, you know, it's, it's, it's about being the, the best team we can. So, um, you know, the altitude um, does play a factor, but it, it shouldn't be um, too big a factor. You've always been very popular visitors to South Africa. What sort of a reception have you guys been getting after the long absence? Oh, honestly, it's was, it was, it was crazy. There's a lot of people in, in Joburg um, when we landed at, at the airport, and um, it, it's just the buzz going around. And, you know, um, personally, it's, it's, it's one of my favourite places to travel, South Africa. Um, you know, the people are so loving and, and um, supportive. So, um, yeah, the boys are loving being here. How good is it to, sort of to be together? This is a very isolated place. Uh, yeah. How good is it now for you guys to be 
away a bit from the from the, from the spotlight uh, that you had on you back home and and how good is, is it for you to, as a team to get a bit tighter? Yeah, I think it's it's look take take nothing away from from being home. You know the, the boys love being home home with their family. Um, you know we had a, a tough series against Ireland, but. Um, there, there is pros and cons. Um, you know, the, the boys are loving being here, and you know, as you said, like it's a, it's a different um, environment to, to what we're used to. You know, we're out on our own, um, and it's just us training really in sort of a bubble-like um, facility. So, um, yeah, as you said, you know, the, the boys are growing closer, and those connections off-field are definitely going to shine uh, on-field. And finally, for me, the most important things that you guys will be addressing in, in training this week. Oh, I think there's, there's, there's plenty to work on. I think uh, you've just heard from Sammy about his Ford stuff, but um, we as backs need a fire as well. You know, we, we know that we're coming up against a, a world-class outfit, um, especially in their backs. So, um, you know, we need to get better all over the park, whether it's on, on attack or D. So um, plenty to work on, but looking forward to it. Cool. you go. Hey. Is the match against South Africa all the motivation you need to bring the best out of you? Yeah, definitely. I think... Um, you know, we've we've got a couple older boys in, in here that that have spoken about the the games they've had, and um, you know, for someone like myself, you know, the some of the toughest games that I've played in in the black jersey have have been over here. You think back to uh, the last time we were here, it went it went beyond the the 80 minutes, and you know, we really had to dig deep. So, um, look, the the hardest games, um, you know, and the, the toughest places to play in are are the ones that. You want to be a part of, so I know the boys, um, especially those new boys, are excited by that challenge. Having had the opportunity to access the series performance against Ireland, what are you? Are you confident that there are? Are you confident that there are re relatively small adjustments to be made in your success against South Africa? Oh, I think it's it's a completely uh, completely different beast that that we're facing this week. I think. Um, Irish um, play play how they play, and Africa um, have some similarities. But um, again, you know they're they're smart footballers, and they'll be able to adjust and see what 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 we did in their Irish series. So um, look, we we just got to um, plan for for their absolute best game, and um, you know we'll we'll be doing the same. And um, we know that at home uh, they won't disappoint, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, South Africa is an awesome spot to come and play, uh, come and tour. Uh, it was actually a little bit amazing when um, we're in Wellington and uh, you know the trainer got the guys that hadn't been to South Africa in general to you know just have a little quick meeting around some of the do's and don'ts and it was amazing to, to see how many people hadn't actually been here but I know the guys that have been here before the experienced guys that are loving being back and I'm definitely one of them it's uh, an awesome spot to play and it's uh, one of those spots that is it's hard to play but that's why uh, I think personally myself I enjoy it so much. And also a bit of a different uh, environment. Usually, you guys go and even uh, with Super Rugby, you, you guys used to go to uh, Johannesburg and Cape Town quite a bit in Durban. But here, you're in the Lowfeld, quite close to, to, to the Cougar National Park. Uh, do you guys hope to sort of take in a little bit of the environment where you are in? Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, like, say, we, we normally stay in Joburg um, and you know, we get to see a little bit more of of the country, but you know we're here. We're an awesome, uh, awesome venue that we've got everything we need. So we're very appreciative of that. Um, but we will get out and have a, a bit of a look around uh, around the local area. And obviously Kruger's nice and close, so I'm sure uh, some of the guys will venture out there and uh, hopefully they will stay inside the, the trucks and don't do anything too silly. 
We had a good reception uh, from the locals and getting into the airport. Uh, there are a lot of All Black fans out in South Africa, I would imagine. Uh, you had a bit of reception as well? Yeah, it's always nice to see our fans uh, over here. Um, they're pretty passionate and I'm sure there'll be a lot uh, at the game. Um, they always travel no matter where we're, we're playing. So um, I'm looking forward to connecting with some of those people. Like you said, haven't seen them for a couple of years because we haven't been here. But uh, it is always nice to, to see that support even when we are so far away from home. Uh, and how good is it to be uh, away from, from what was the pressure cooker back in New Zealand to sort of be together the team and, 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 and be a bit isolated? The pressure cooker is still on um, and when I say that for us as players, for us as a team, we're always trying to put pressure on ourselves um, but it is, it is good for us at the moment, it's great for the team to, to be over here together, um, we've got time to work on what we need to work on, um, like I said we've got a great facility here, we've got a training field right nice and close to our, to our hotel so we can get into it and have a little bit more time on field to, uh, to improve and that's what we're trying to do is improve uh, a number of areas of our game, that's the main thing is we're looking for improvement. And how have you guys been shaping up uh, since arriving? I mean, it's sort of, there's always talk about altitude and, and that was negated by the number of times you travelled to South Africa during Super Rugby. Now it's less. You're not really at altitude here. So how have you guys shaped up sort of physically and, and, and getting into the groove of things and resting? Yeah, we, we haven't done too much yet. Uh, we got here on, on Sunday. Um, you know, had a really good day Sunday and then we've started doing some light stuff today like we do traditionally. Um, tomorrow we'll ramp it up and I'm sure Fozzie and the coaches will make sure that we get to taste the environment, get to taste the, the energy and the, the effort that's going to be needed out there. So it's, it's been really good so far. Um, it's always hard when you, you get off a plane after long travel to kind of hold it back. Uh, the guys during Clarity today were, were pretty keen and uh, the trainer keep telling us to, to slow down so that's a, a good sign at the moment. And finally from my side, what, what do you think will be the most important aspect of, of build up and preparation and training leading up to Saturday's match? Yeah, great question. I think um, from looking back to look forward, uh, the, the times we've been here before, it's actually nailing the week and you know, you've just got to deal with what's in front of you. So today uh, we just had to deal with clarity, uh, get that understanding and then as the week goes um, that will change slightly uh, but you've got to nail the, the, the days to lead into the, the the kickoff um, on Saturday, so that's what we're going to nail, and, and that's what we're trying to do. So, so I'm sure you've had plenty of reviews and thoughts about the Irish series and whatnot. But where are you at now in terms of you know, how far away do you think the team is from putting all that right? Yeah, it's something that we're we're always looking at getting getting better and improving, and that shouldn't change whether we win, loss, or draw. Um, but at the moment. We do know there's some areas that we need to be better at. Obviously conceding a couple of more tries is, is the obvious one for myself as a tight forward. So that's the, the key area that um, individually I'm, I'm focusing on and making sure that we can get better. And uh, as a whole team, especially forward pack, we're looking at that. That's uh, probably the obvious one. So that's uh, the main thing that we've talked about so far. And um, like I said before, we haven't had a lot of chance to get on the field and uh, feel what that, what that uh, should feel like. So we'll get a chance in the next couple of days. Can you imagine when you do get on the field on Saturday that South Africa will be bringing anything different or unusual or are you pretty much expecting what you always get from them? Um, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely play to their strengths as they always do. Um, but in saying that, you never want to go in there and um, think that you have their game plan in your head. You know, they're smart guys. They've um, got a number of players that play around the world so they've got a number of different styles they can go to and that's something for us to make sure that we can stop their plan A, and then from that, if they change it, then we're going to be able to stop that as well. Um, 
but that's the beauty of rugby. You've got to go out there and sometimes you, you know how they're going to play and it's just actually stopping it's the, the major one. Um, but th that's the cool thing and that's the cool challenge about playing against South Africa that, you know, the old foe is such. So it's, it is nice when you, you get out there and actually get to, get to play versus spend all the time training. Just finally, in terms of confidence, been a, has been an unusual run for the All Blacks. Lost four of the last five. The public's been having it say, media's been having it say. Where's your sense of internally where the confidence levels currently sit? Um, I, I think for myself, um, I was lucky when I first came into the team. Um, we were going into the World Cup at home, hadn't won it for 24 years, and there was a lot of external pressure. And the best advice I got given from the senior players is look don't read into media don't worry about all those things just control what you can control and that's the main thing that uh, I've been trying to tell the, the boys and thinking about myself so control controlling how you're training how you're playing how you're preparing um, that's the the best thing um, that I got given with as advice and I, it's still true now as now I'm one of the, the older boys. So there's been some criticism of your forward play in the island series Having worked worked with Jason Ryan at the Crusaders, how much how much of an impact do you think this can have on this team? Yeah, so I worked with uh, Jace for a couple of years at the Crusaders. I got a really good relationship with him. Um, he's come in and, and he's been himself, so that, that's great. That's what uh, what we need. But the main thing is that it actually falls onto us as players. We've got to go out there and perform. Um, so it doesn't matter uh, who's coaching us. It comes down to how we perform on on, on the field. And, you know, we're going to perform for 80 plus minutes. It's not about performing for, you know, periods of the game. We're going to be able to be consistent right across the board, whether that's through set piece, around the field, breakdown, defence, etc. So that's something that we need to drive as players.